Welcome to Welcome to your sanity safe space. The call-in show where you decide the topic from love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love pleasure. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. I'm really dreading the call-in show lately. Well, thank you for uh, kicking it off with some enthusiasm. I accidentally hit the Sunday show intro, so no, it's not the Sunday show. I started playing the Sunday intro, and then I remembered, oh, wait, it's not Sunday. Okay, if you listen to the intro and that's how you know what day it is, you guys have a serious problem. (laughs) Well, just for a second, if anyone was listening live and they caught the very start of the show, they might be thinking, what the hell is that? But, uh, you know, I'm glad I caught myself. Um. Speaking of technical difficulties, for some reason, the stream is not being sent to Rumble right now. And I'm not, it's not necessarily easy to troubleshoot that. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm just going to have to say we're not going to stream on Rumble this evening. If it was, if it was Sunday and it was staying up there, I might work, I might try to reset and get that going. But I think we are just going to forego Rumble this evening. My apology to the Rumble audience. (gasps) What? I just felt the baby boo. Oh, well, um, speaking of, found out yesterday, little boy, oh, second God. little boy, it. or not yesterday, I mean, Monday. Oh my God. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So it's going to be two girls awesome. and two boys. Funny how that's worked Damn. out. But uh, are you disappointed? No, no, absolutely not. I think it's going to be fun to Never have uh, two brothers uh, about the same age. And I think that'll work out. Pretty well. It's like if we had maybe four kids, which would be, I think, our ceiling. If you went like brother or like boy, girl, girl, boy, it might be hard for those two brothers to. I don't know, like their childhood, they might be more distant because one might be five years, six years older than the other one. Maybe because it's boys, but I feel like people are disappointed on my behalf and it's starting to piss me off. Wait, what do you mean? What? That it's another girl because I've, I, this is, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I'm not having any more children. Uh, I, nobody believes you when you say that, but okay. I'm 35. I'm not doing this again. Yeah. Um, this pregnancy has been way harder than the last one. And, you know, people are like, oh, it's, it's a girl. I'm like, I don't care. What the hell has said pregnant. that? You know, people just feel disappointed. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I think so I think- ha- happy to have kids that I just don't even. I don't even care about the gender. I think this is hoax disappointment of the week. Nobody's looking down on you for having a daughter. What are you talking about? Ooh, I read I, the live chat. Oh, oh, the chat. Okay. I know what's up. You can't side eye in the chat. I mean, they're nothing but trolls in the chat. That's not true. There's okay. people that have been in here every week for like eight years. Sorry, I shouldn't smear them. It's it's merely overwhelmingly trolls in the chat. There are a few well-intentioned people. And even the trolls are well-intentioned. You get what you guys get what I mean, of course. I'm not trying to cast I'm not trying to throw shade or whatever the saying is these days. Um I just know that there's trolly criticism tossed about freely in those arenas. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, um 
It will be a call-in show as normal this evening. Of course, most of you guys are familiar with how that works. But if you are new to the show and you're curious about how to participate, there are instructions for how to do that on um, whatever listening uh, or video platform you may be viewing on. And if you'd like to participate in the show but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, of course, you can send us an email question. The one and only place to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form, and we'll take those at the end of the show. As we do each and every week, we will also stop every half hour to check in with your Super Chats, though, of course, Rumble will not be happening tonight. Um, I am not able to... Well, I guess if there's no stream over there, there probably aren't people chatting over there. But uh, if there's any way to clue in our rumble people that the stream will not be sent there whatever I'll, they'll figure it out they'll realize why is the stream not here i'm going to go over to youtube or you know where odyssey perhaps and people won't sell them uh, assistance with those people is appreciated and my apology for the uh, technical difficulties anyway um we're gonna take yeah thanks producer <laughs> lady jeez so mean. i don't do anything and then i just boss you around i hate this show this show sucks <laughs> hurry up Listen, I'm pregnant. Oh I'm God. angry. It's so hot here. Ugh, is it is, hot there? This is what I get for working with a woman, dude. I, I know. What did you expect? <sighs> anyway. Expected me to do stuff, be positive, be Shut productive. Up! You should have had a male Silly woman. This isn't my fault. We have a, a, a special caller first tonight. Um, Rand is a, a bio lab worker of sorts. And, um, and uh, he emailed me because he has some inside knowledge on how bio labs work and of course there's this crazy story going on right now yep. with what what was a, an unauthorized bio lab in uh, california outside of fresno uh, a chinese operation and so everyone's wondering like what are we dealing with here uh, wh- what exactly is going on and randy uh, emailed me and said hey i could i think i can provide some insight about that so rand are you there i am here okay so Goody. what uh summarize your email that you sent me like what what are your thoughts on what exactly is going on at this uh bizarre illegal chinese lab yeah well what i um what i emailed you about is this is kind of my wheelhouse right like i i I would say this is kind of an extreme version of things i've seen before but this is something that is not unforeseen it's not something that never happens so um what i suspect um this Chinese lab in in California was was basically just a um, trying to build a diagnostic kit on the cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, when you did the pictures that you showed on on your video there, you know it, it had all the the standard uh, COVID, uh, H. pylori, uh, influenza. These 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 bugs, these uh, um, these infections that uh, there's a lot of money to be made to have uh, quick non invasive uh diagnostic tests for these things mm. so um i suspect what was happening there was uh, uh they had limited funding to develop these kits they made promises to venture capitalists no doubt and uh they were trying to put out to market something that uh that would work but that would be done on the cheap um so uh, as I told you in my email, I've been, uh, you can cue the fed, 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 uh, sounder right now. <laughs> okay. I've been a federal yeah. lab technician now for almost 25 years. Yeah. And, so actual um, fed, like not even hiding. I am, uh, I am an actual fed. Wow. I am an actual fed, 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 um, fed, fed. So fed. yeah, no, uh, 
I've worked in buildings uh, which uh, often housed uh, startup biotech companies, and um, that's usually the story. They get some venture capital to uh, put out a product. Uh, they get enough money to basically do research for a year or two, and then when the money runs out, they just you know walk out and leave the keys there and Ooh. whatever. Okay. Whatever equipment or or consumables that are left, they just leave it there. How is that even and, legal? Well, it's not um, in this case. Yeah, yeah, it really isn't. But, but it's, it's not. But, but but it's not enforced, right? People do Correct. it all the time. Correct. There, so we, there's so much of it going on that it would take a whole department to police these things, and it's just it's impossible. One, to one do, of the really. things that that gets my uh, well, that that perks up my tinfoil in this case, though, is what's the deal with the Chinese? Because I could understand why someone trying to develop a product might like to go under the regulatory radar. But what's why would Chinese air quotes businesses that don't even appear to be real businesses? Why would they come to the U.S. to operate? I guess they're just trying to get in on the U.S. market. Or what's the deal with that? They're shifty and they don't care about humanity. Right. There, there, there's there is, in my opinion. There is a um, cultural uh, component to all this. Uh, the Chinese do not share. You know, you, you you speak about this often, Matt. The the, the sanctity of life, right? The, mm -hmm. How the individual life is important and and valuable. Um, this is a very Western way of thinking, and uh, it's it's not a way of thinking that's very prevalent in China. So. You know, doing things on the cheap, doing things in a dangerous way, uh, in order to make big bucks—it's—it's um, um, it's a fact of life. I'm afraid. Um, I think that um, that's why you see a lot of these things happening in China. I'll—I'll I'll remind you that the the original victims of COVID were lab technicians at the Wuhan Institute. Um, so perpetrators, not victims, perpetrators. <laughs> however you want to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well that, that, uh, I want to clarify one last thing. When you say that this is kind of common or you see these unauthorized labs in operation, when you say that, do you mean specifically Chinese or just in general? It, it, it's in general. Um, like the, there's one particular case uh, that uh, where I I decommissioned a lab that you know people had walked away from and you know I found a very powerful neurotoxin in in refrigerators. Oh my that god! Had just, that had just been left there, like just you know it, it just left there. And, did they at uh, least you label know, it? Uh, this is a very powerful neurotoxin, or did you have yeah, to test yeah, it or it, guess? Yeah, thankful thankfully it was uh, well labeled, but it's one of those things where. It, it was just left there. So anyone with nefarious intentions could have taken it and sold it or, mm. or used it. And uh, it would have been very difficult to track. Um, so, yeah, I wish I, wish I could, you know, uh, make you guys feel better and say this is a rare thing. But no, it, it's actually creepily common. Okay. But not necessarily, you don't think that this is some like, um, this is not some sort of bioweapon situation or some sort of uh, something I, I more nefarious than just trying to do cheap medical products. Yeah, I doubt it very much only in that it, it would be a lot easier. There, there'd be a lot easier ways of doing bioterrorism or chemical terrorism with, with the stuff that they had. They, they could have done all sorts of 
you know, really, really bad stuff. Hmm. So I, I think they, they had all those fluids to basically test diagnostic kits and to see if it would work kind of thing. Um, they still pose a great danger, right, to, to, the, to the neighborhood that they were functioning in because obviously the, the storage uh, in, in that facility was terrible. Um, oh, my God. You know, we, we, have, we have, like, in the labs I work in, we have laminar flow hoods, we have air filtration and all this. I doubt that that old warehouse any, had any of those things. They didn't explain but, what the hose was for. I want to know what the hose was for. That's how they got busted. Why did they have yeah. this hose running through the wall? I, I don't know. Yeah, it was like it could be anything from from venting out, you know, fluids to uh, just just humidity. It's hard to know, but mm. yeah, no, it, like for sure, this must have when inspectors went into that place, they must have <laughs> they must have come close to fainting at all the the risk and danger that this place posed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they are, they're able to um, skirt the inspection sometimes. Like Elizabeth Holmes had an entire lab designated just for when they had inspections that didn't like have any blood contamination. Yeah. Wow, yeah, so, so this is so, yeah. so what Blonde is bringing up right there, that is, that is the, the, the premier example, right? The, Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes, that happens like every day. Like, you know, <laughs> it, 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 there's, oh nothing, there's nothing rare about this. So what these Chinese guys did was just a, a knockoff version of that, right? They, it was a, a lower effort version of Theranos. Um, huh, okay. And yeah, yeah. And, but it can get pretty bad. And, and you know, it's like I, like I mentioned to you in my, uh, in my email this morning, um, these technologies, these products, um, they're, they're getting easier and easier to obtain, to produce, and to disseminate. Um, so it's, you know, like I said, I wish I, I could bear better news, but like I work in this field and I know how easy it is to, um, to, uh, uh obtain and produce these, these well, very great. harsh. You know, if it, if it doesn't work out for either of us professionally, we can just get together for a, a secret lab and we'll, uh, we'll yeah, make we a living that way. Into it, yeah. yeah. It can go, can go full breaking bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. I know who to call. <laughs> this is what we deserve though. A plague be upon us. All right. right. Well, <laughs> we've already been through it right like mm -hmm. uh you know uh, i'll, I'll uh, with the anonymity here like i'll tell you like everyone that i work with knows that covid was a lab made uh Let's, infection yeah oh, i thought okay. you were talking about the black plague yeah that's First very it was interesting the rats, then it was the chinese before we let you go how many of these peers would you say um well i guess like out, out of your peers what percent in this professional lab environment believe that believe that that covid is of lab origin it has to so be 100 percent. so after checking behind them twice a hundred percent wow okay and this is not uh this is like you said this is a major operation this is not you're not in some uh like you know I, mom I'm and pop's a, I'm, in a fed, I'm in a federal lab yeah, yeah no this, this okay. is not yeah. yeah okay well thank no, you but, thank you for the uh intel i appreciate it and uh and and thanks for your call and anytime, appreciate the, your time. Sure. Have a great yeah. night. Bye-bye. I was wrong about the Chinese. <laughs> well, you, that's our consolation. Don't worry. They're just trying to make cheap shit that you get duped into buying. Well, I guess that's better than don't worry. They're intentionally trying to infect you with AIDS, which was the worry. I mean, it's not AIDS. They had HIV in there. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's not full blown. Yeah, you're right. But you can't. You can't. It's not airborne. You you have to be putting it in someone's ass. To get so nobody's <laughs> worrying about that. Well, uh, the Chinese will figure out a way. Hmm. All right. Next up is uh, Ratchet Republican. Ratchet, are you there? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. What's on your mind? Hey, how's it going? Okay, we how are you? Know. Good, good, good. I had an interesting experience today, and uh, this experience ties into what I wanted to call about. So there was this, there's this uh, Twitter account online that uh, calls herself a BLM conservative. That's not hmm. <laughs> And she talks a lot of shit on Twitter. And I happened to run across her timeline, and I thought she was having a space, a Twitter space. So I decided to go on the Twitter space to find out what she's about, what you know, what she's going to be talking about. So I'm on the Twitter space. Of course, I'm hearing the same thing that I hear from the left: activism. We need more activism, and we need more programs. And if only we had more basketball courts, you know, and all this nonsense. <laughs> all the <right>. Black community. <laughs> What's the conservative part here? What? What? Uh... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But one thing that was troubling was that they were, they were talking about that they need to take over the Republican Party and that the Republican Party is too soft and they need to take it over. But um, what really triggered me was this uh, Newsweek. There's a guy who writes for Newsweek and he, he spoke and he was talking about how, um, how they, they, uh, the, that the, the GOP's distrust of the FBI is on it's the same thing as as black people's distrust of the 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 local policing and i i couldn't find a correlation between that so i decided to put my hand up on the twitter space yeah to talk so i went on there and i said look the the gop's distrust of policing is is based on you know actual actions political persecutions you can look the difference between the january 6th and the the um the black lives matter protest and the 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 poli- black people's distrust is based on dogmas that's been put into the black community that policing is racist and that you know it's based on slavery and slave catching on all this nonsense and guess what happened she she screamed at me and she's like this is not what we're going to do this is not what we're going to do I don't try any talking points, these right-wing talking points. Da, da, da. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on? I thought this was a discussion. So she went on and on and on, and she says, I'm going to pass the mic to you, and you better come correct. <laughs> what? Like, Wait, what does that mean? Translate for a white person. They say, you better speak what we want to hear. Yeah, have the right view. So, uh, I'm like, I'm not doing that. So I said, look, what is this space about? Is this space about actually uplifting the black community or just trying to trick black people into voting for Republicans? Because at the end of the day, the, the problems in the black community are not are not political. You know, there's no politician, Biden or or Trump is not going to to save the black community. Whether they vote Republican or Democrat, nothing is going to change. Because our problem is, and this is what triggered her, truly triggered her, our problem is cultural. And she's like, don't be talking about my culture. Don't be talking about I said, bitch, I'm black too. <laughs> I say I'm black too. I come from the same places you come from. I've lived in the hood. I know what the problems are. And it's nothing to do with white supremacy, Jim Crow. And then I heard a click and then I realized I was off the space. Oh, oh she gave me the boot. Yeah, she gave me the boot off the space. Now, this is what this is what leading into what I want to talk about. 
is the fact that when the, when the conservatives talk about race, we're losing. Because that is why Kamala Harris went down to Florida screaming and hollering about slavery is bad. Yeah. Like, bitch, please. Everybody knows slavery is bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, they want to distract from the fact that the economy is a mess. Inflation is high. Everything is going bad for the country at this time. And they want to distract and they're going to use race as a distraction. So prepare for another year of a uh, summer of love next year. They're going to try and make another summer of love so they can distract from their actual issues. And I, I wish Republicans would stop taking the bait. Um, yeah. This was a non-issue. What happened with DeSantis was a non-issue. And the Republicans took the bait. And now we have different factions of the Republican Party arguing about fucking slavery. I saw Tim Scott really bitched out about. on that. I couldn't believe what Tim – and I know Tim Scott is kind of a long shot candidate anyway. But he really bitched out when asked about it. Well, I got to say there's nothing good about slavery. Slavery was bad in every way. <laughs> wow, thank you. Uh, but – to your point, you're operating within the premise that anybody in Florida was actually teaching slavery ruled. You, get, you guys, hey, kids, yeah. you know what was awesome? Slavery. We should go back to that as though that was the <laughs> curriculum. I had, that's, what, that's what really, really irritated me. And then you have some of these, these pro-blacks on the conservative movement. And I call it what I call strays. Um, you know, come from the left and they still carry their leftist tendencies when it comes to race and they bring it over here and they're said, Oh, he needs to change that sentence. That sentence needs to be changed. I'm like, he shouldn't be changing anything. Speak. That's the truth. That was yeah. the fucking truth. And, um, I just feel like the Republicans need to need to prepare and need to start being, cause we, we can't do this again. We can't be on the defense like we were back. Yeah. You have to start year. rejecting the fundamental premises and they and and oftentimes people operate within the premises that the left or the progressive set and it's really annoying you know i was thinking about um the first the first point in that discussion you were having like what is the difference between the the so-called conservative view of the fbi and the black lives matter view of policing in general and i think Mm -hmm. you make the point that the conservative view of the fbi is more based in reality and its criticism than the black lives matter view of police in general and and that's certainly true in practice, I think. There's also the philosophical argument about accountability of the police and the fact that when you maximize a federal police force hundreds or thousands of miles away, they lack accountability. That's the problem. And, I'm, and the thing is, like, would the Black Lives Matter people say that in the big cities like the Seattles and the Portlands and the Minneapolises and the rest – Local police have actually been very accountable there. You've seen police forces minimized. You've seen use of force reduced. You've seen police presence drawn back. In most of these big cities, you've seen gestures of submission to the Black Lives Matter demands. And yet the narrative is still like abuse all the time. Like what level of account? They have accountability from their police forces where they want it. And it's still not good enough. I just don't I don't know what they expect other than I guess delete the police but to the point you were making <laughs> after that go ahead and delete the police and see what happens uh, to the state of your community because it's not yeah, going to be good. Exa- exactly. And as I said before and this is what frustrates me completely because even with my own family members they're the ones 
they're they're falling for this message. Oh, the scientists want to say that slavery is good, and I'm like, oh my god, like I don't I don't know I don't know what to do because I show them the information, I give them the uh, the facts, and it's just not breaking through. And this is why I say we should stay away from the conversation of race because it is irrational. It, it facts don't matter when it comes to this uh, to this th th this argument. And we should focus on things that we, we can use objective facts and, and, and the economy. I mean, we have so much that we can we can hit the Democrats and Democrats. I, th and, I think they should just... be hit on race, though, to the extent that they yeah. make it a focal point. I'm not saying like I, I just don't think I don't think we should shy away from those conversations. I don't know I, if, I, I'm not... if I'm misunderstanding you or. I, I don't want us to focus on that. I don't want it to yeah. be our focal point because the Democrats are going to make it the focal point. I guess your point say, is like no matter how rational the racial argument is, it still will lose. We still will lose. We're mm. still going to be called racist no matter what we do. Can you imagine? Think of think about it this way. You had Kamala Harris saying that slavery is bad, keeping in mind that she's the vice president of what party? The party well, of slavery. And, and that she comes from a the family that owns slaves, slaves and Jim that Crow. she's Jamaican and Indian yeah. and has yeah. no uh, she has no heritage. Uh, she doesn't have any there were no enslaved and then of course American the obvious irony that yeah. if that if the racism from slavery had continued to reverberate through our society she wouldn't have uh, any political opportunities if it's we like, if we still had slavery she could have learned some skills that would be relevant to her job yeah really today. <laughs> she know? should wish we still had yeah, slavery she right? could have learned to be a blacksmith like Ron DeSantis said and she would have a job that has some dignity instead of blowing dudes all the way to the White House oh my god well, yeah maybe she did learn that in slavery I don't know I don't know her past all that well I guess yeah so I mean as I, I understand what you're saying, Matt, about that, you know, we shouldn't shy away from the conversation, but yeah. we should not make it the focal point. We should not be because because we're always going to be on defense when we're, when we're having that conversation. We need to be on offense. And there's so yeah. much we can hit Democrats uh, on. We have the bad economy. We have crime rates through the roof. We have so much stuff going on that, you know, black people can even relate to that. We don't need to pander to them about slavery and all these things. Black people relate to, you know, paychecks and their gas prices going, you know, and stuff like that. So as I said before, I just, I'm just tired of it. I'm so tired. I'm just exhausted. And I, I, don't, I don't want to go through another George Floyd. I really don't. Oh, really well, if you really think don't. the summer of love is coming, then the George Floyd that sets it off is definitely coming. There's no separating those two. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just. I just want to let let y'all know that they're they're coming that they're that they're people coming over to our side. Well, thank you left. for fighting the good fight and trying to make it happen, even if they kick you out of their Twitter spaces. But uh, I appreciate your effort yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, you say what we can't. All right. Uh, <laughs> thanks try. for calling in, man. Always good to hear from you. No problem. All right. Yeah. I don't know. We're never going to be able to remove ourselves from this racial conversation because multiculturalism is such a huge problem. So what what are we supposed to ask? Yeah, like race doesn't matter now after all this shit we're just going to act like race doesn't matter it it's interesting i never matters. i never like to just say avoid that topic because i think the truth is valuable for its own sake in in any topic not just politically but in general um you know his point i think is if you doesn't matter if you if you allow it to become the focus by their own bait you will lose no matter how correct you actually are man uh but i i guess the answer is when you guys bring it up, you should be ripped to shreds. I don't know, but I, I think he would say that's still a losing argument. I'd rather, I'd rather 
you're going to lose on those grounds, I'd rather lose fighting as fiercely as possible than just kind of avoiding that fight. Uh, it has to be talked about. It has to be talked about. And then the only way to deal with this is for each community to take accountability um, for their own problems. He's totally right about the black community and this being a cultural problem and them not taking accountability. Yeah. Uh, um, so the, how are we going to, how are we going to make the black community do that without having a discussion about the nature of black people? Uh, inherent in the concept of accountability is, is introspection is, thinking about the role that you play in the outcomes of your life. Yeah, but they don't want to do that because they think that we owe them in perpetuity. And so they're not going to take any responsibility. It's hard to argue otherwise. And that pisses me off. And it's it's a fundamentally different view of the role of government. And again, I'm not saying all, but there's there's a broad trend there. It's like, does the government exist to protect your rights to build a great life for yourself? Or does the government exist to steal from other people and give to you? And if the government exists to steal from other people and give to you, we got a problem because that's not the foundation of this country. You can't really share a country with that as a foundation. Like we just get to steal and you have to surrender to it. That's not going to work. Anyway, um, we're right against the bottom of the hour. So it'd probably be a good time for a break. I know I just got wow, the two calls ready? in that segment. So I will, um, I'll be a little quicker, but uh, good conversations nonetheless. Um, I don't have rumble to work with and we're good on odyssey. So let me uh, refresh over on YouTube and tippy Holden Mulray says, uh, hi, truth seekers. The urban diaspora continues. Tech companies ask people to return to the office with some resistance. WFH working from home. Oh yeah. Thank you. Working from home enables voting with your feet. But what about the planet? What is greener than working from home? I don't know. I'm of two minds with this working from home thing. Because I do it and it has made my life so much easier, but it is going to absolutely destroy commercial real estate, the value of commercial real estate, which is going to be catastrophic for the economy. And I think it's good for people to leave work at work in general. When you work from home, your coworkers, your boss can bug you all the fucking time. You have no time that is actually yours. Yeah. And as somebody who has worked from home, both for other people and for myself, the the reason that I'm able to do it now is because I work for myself and I'm highly motivated in that Mm -hmm. scenario. When I work for other people, you can't tell me that just on average productivity is going to stay the same working from home. It just isn't. It's not going to. When I worked from home for somebody else, it's not that I didn't do the work I did, but I did the minimum of what was asked of me and I played Xbox the rest of the time. That was it. You could argue maybe that's a product of, well, you were working for somebody and you didn't really care about that arrangement. Now you work for yourself and you really do care about that arrangement. That's the variable that changed, not the location. I don't know, man. I I'm, I just think that when you work in an environment where you have the accountability of your boss present and the accountability of your coworkers working with you, you have to maintain a higher level of professionalism and productivity. Mm-hmm. You just do. And yeah. I think that we're kidding ourselves if we deny that, but Guess we're going to figure it out. We're going to experiment with that, too. Um, next. I can't stand these callers. Why? They're oh. paying your salary. Show some respect. I didn't say I can't stand these callers. I said I'm dreading the Wednesday show. That yeah. can mean a multitude of things. That's way different. It's totally different. Totally. Also, sitting is becoming really hard for me because the baby is just right on my bladder. Okay. Sunday intro. You should have let me play. I can't stand the Wednesday intro stealing my shine. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, false start there. That was uh, I've, I don't know if I've ever done that. Wrongly played the Sunday intro on a Wednesday. Ice Cube, who did an interview with Tucker Carlson. Next week, I'm going on the Matt and Blonde show. After that, I'm gonna I'm off to sit down with Red Ice. I always li- I looked up to Lana anyway. Yeah, is uh, is Ice Cube considered a right wing figure now? Is that wasn't it Ice Cube who like made Bill Maher flog himself for saying the N word? Wasn't that Ice Cube? Was that Ice T? I thought it was Ice Cube. I don't know. So, but I guess which maybe one he's... is married to Coco? I don't know. Who I kind of love, even though she's a giant whore. Yeah, it, it was Ice Cube on Bill Maher. Is Ice Cube the one married to Coco? Okay. I don't know. The Catholic what, Church. Blonde up? makes us all regret our vow to celibacy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for simping on a mid-30s pregnant married woman. No, that's iced tea. Wait. Oh, okay. Ice and Coco. I, uh, wait, uh, I don't know. Now I'm all confused. Coco, Austin, and Ice tea started in a reality TV show together, but are they married? Yeah, they've been married for a really long time. They have a daughter together that looks just like Ice tea. Okay, yeah. So Ice Cube is the guy who uh, did the Bill Maher N-word flogging. Oh, okay. Sorry. You can understand why I confused them. There's too many ice guys. Vanilla ice. I don't know. They all run together. Let's circle back on these. Okay. Uh, thank you guys for your chats. Very much appreciated. As always, we'll come back to you at the top of the hour. Oh, wait. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Did we get Tortuga? I don't want to miss him. I don't see Tortuga. I'm not sure who had the better rack at the beach, Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I did see that. Uh, you know, uh, oh, oh, we missed a whole more. Speaking, we're not showing up. Uh, that's the only one that I see that I think we missed there. Oh, wait, there's another Holden Mulray one. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. P.S. On the remote work topic. I've been watching some videos on West Virginia and Appalachia for my fellow partakers of the sanity safe space who are in recon mode. I encourage a good look at the Kentucky, Virginia, West Virginia corner. Mm. It seems like kind of a cool part of the country. I've, I've never been to, I think if I was going to live like Eastern time zone, sort of the mountainous regions of like Eastern Tennessee, yeah, that kind of stuff would be maybe a place that I could, that I could be, I don't know, but I hope to stay in the West for my entire life. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. Now we'll, uh, we'll come back to your chats at the top of the show. Very much appreciated guys. Oh, what? There was some thought I had about, Oh, that was, uh, it was about Tortuga's chat. Um, and I'll be quick here so we can get back to the callers. But it was about uh, Joe Biden's boobs on the beach. And um, Ew, I saw that. Speaking of fights that like conservatives, you know, right wing people shouldn't pick, as we were talking about earlier. I will say this is one you don't want to. I, I saw some people not going to name names, but I saw people on Twitter like ripping Joe Biden's physique. Uh, and I don't mean like. He's like a, 95. I know, like making a boob joke about Nancy Pelosi. I'm not saying that's what you're doing. I'm saying like sincere arguments about like, men, you need to like work out and, and take care of yourselves so you don't end up looking like this. But he's, there's nothing you can do. He's, he's 80. 80. Like, yeah. Of all the criticisms of Joe Biden, and there are plenty, and this is not a defense of him, his physique at 80 years old, like that's not a fight I'm, I'm interested in. His mental capacity at 80 years old, for sure. But I don't know. It's it's pretty standard for an 80 year old. Yeah, he's just, you know, he, he does not he's have an old man. He, he has not kept it tight at 80 years old. I know it's in the brain. <laughs> he has not kept anything tight, it appears. Uh, but yeah, I just I, I thought that was one of those where it's like, mm, 
I'm going to lay down the sword on this one. I'm Joe Biden does not have good abs. You're right. I, men need to do better. Anyway. Polar bear. Polar bear. Are you there? Polar bear. Can you howdy, hear me? Oh, there we go. Oh, hi. Can you hear us? Yeah, sorry. I, okay. I was losing it because I I cannot believe you were just talking about Biden's boobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, they he's they 80 years old. Time. They're kind of puffy. They're kind of saggy. They um He says he does a lot of push-ups, but, you know, his pecs are not cut, I would say. People are in denial about the effects of aging. Like, you're going to get old and you're going to be gross. Your balls are going to be pendulous. They're going to just swing, swing, swing. They're going to be halfway down your thighs. Yeah. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, God. Uh, on Discord, you're a bit staticky blonde. Just to Aww. let you know. Yeah, that issue has... Uh, I don't know what's going on with Discord. It's, it's a mystery that cannot be solved, unfortunately. Hmm. Alas. Anyways, uh, so question of the day. How did both of you know your respective spouses were the one? Hmm. You want to go first? Well, I guess I didn't. My husband and I were talking about this the other day, but like this concept of the one, I think is really dangerous to women, especially women that are susceptible to it because it's, you know, it's retarded. There's 7 billion people on the planet. Like you can't find a few thousand that you could spend your life with, but like how not you, the collective you, the collective you for women. Um, so I think that like the key to having a lasting marriage it's kind of begging the question, but the key is for both parties just to decide that basically know what happened, no, no, no matter what happens, they're not going to get divorced. Like that's, that's it. That's all you really need to, to be in a, yeah, you're kind of flipping the question to marriage. like, how did you know? I think it's a way of rephrasing it. How did you know that your husband was um, like the real deal or marriageable material? Yeah. I mean, because I was like, this is what I want. And if I, if I don't get this, then I'm going to marry somebody else. And he was like, okay. So agreement on terms up front, basically. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know that's really unromantic, but like no, I, I, it is really important to have shared goals. Having shared goals might be the most important part of it. You could ask my wife the first time that we spoke one-on-one. -on -one, um, she would probably describe it as something closer to a job interview than a first date. Yeah. Because it was like, listen, are you serious or not? Because here's my yeah. plan. A, B, C, yeah. you in or are you out? Are you out? Yeah. And she was in. And that's the first time that I, I guess what. It, let me be clear. She didn't agree that like, oh, I'm going to upend my life and join you tomorrow based on a date. When I say that, I mean, are you in on this this trajectory of life? Like You're looking yeah. to achieve A, B and C like I am. Because if you're not, then we're not going to waste each other's time. And so that like, that's how I knew that she was serious, which is very important. Um, and like, how did I know that if, this was going to work out and she was, and we were going to get married and have kids and stuff. Um, that is a little more nebulous. It's just like, I just saw it and can't unsee it. I remember it was a few months after we had first met and she was kind of on edge. And I remember a conversation we had one time and I was like, you know how this is going to go. We're going to get married. We're going to have kids. That's just it. 
She's like, I'm in. All right, let's do this. Yeah, it wasn't like a specific moment. It was just it, it was just clear in my mind because I think it the reason it was clear in my mind is because I started from the start with a set goal that we're pursuing. Yeah. And as long yeah. as like there weren't major breaches or major betrayals of that goal, it's like, yeah, I'm going to follow through on that. I said I'm here for a reason. I'm serious about it. So if I'm keeping you around, it's because that's where we're heading. If I didn't think that's we were heading true, that yeah. way, I would have ditched you. I, I know that these answers are bummers to people that are listening. <laughs> I, I know they are, but like, I'm telling you, this is the key to marital success. And then not to look at somebody necessarily somebody's like positive traits, although that's really important, but look at their negative traits and then decide if they're within the realm of what you can tolerate for the rest of your life. Because the first two years that you're dating, that is like the best, they are, it is best foot forward. So it's really easy to focus on what's good about them, but you need to look at them and be like, can I stand this looking at this person's face for the next 60 years. Like, can I do that? Yeah, that's And key. if the answer is yes, then like, he's the one. Um, didn't you have a that's dilemma? That's a very practical way to think about it. You have, but that's the thing. You have to be, you have, you to, have be. to be practical. Yeah. And every, I, as I tell everybody who asks me, and I made the job interview reference earlier, but if you want it to be successful, you have to treat it like a job. You have to give it mm. the same respect, the same effort, the same, the following, like, following the same sort of discipline and the same sort of rules. And totally when you treat it like you're working towards something, lo and behold, the something eventually comes. You just got to keep mm -hmm. at it. If you, if you just sit around passively and think like, well, I'll, I'll know when until, I know. I'll know when I know, or, you know, I'll, I'll feel it when he's the one. And that's the thing about women is that their hearts are always misleading them or they're trying to like fix somebody or make a man love them as much as they, well, as they love them. It's, and men think with their dicks. So it's like, both of us need to overcome our faults in that respective, you know, blind spot. Look, blonde, l literally all women's hearts are as fickle as the rivers that go through Colorado. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. We hit a rock and we're like, let's go another way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why we have to be practical. <laughs> when you called in last, uh, that must have been a few weeks ago. Didn't you have some sort of dilemma or some sort of thing? You had a similar relationship question, right? Or am I remembering oh, I, incorrectly? I cannot remember. I oh. have the memory of a goldfish. I'm I was afraid. just going to ask for a status update, but that that's that's fine. <laughs> uh, I have a different uh, question. Okay. Uh, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, what do you think of the legality of using a famous person's face and voice without their approval for creative means, like using an actor's image and voice in a movie without having to involve them? Ah, oh, have you been watching Black Mirror, the new season of Black Mirror? Is that why you asked that? No, I asked it because the guy I'm dating that, uh, wanted to know it. Okay. Oh, okay. They, they actually explore this topic on the season of Black Mirror, which is was not a good season. Um, I I don't know if you can truly consent to that if you're the actor or actress, because I don't know if your imagination can like expand to the horrors of what can be done with your image and likeness, right? So can there ever truly be consent? Like, would anybody ever consent if they were like, okay, your image and likeness is going to be used for all these entertainment purposes, but it's just like you having sex with a pig or something or like torture porn or like nobody would ever say yes to that. I guess I'm a little bit confused about the I, premise here. So uh, it's, I think that it's, um, 
it falls along the lines of fraud because you're basically mm. pulling someone's likeness without their permission and they have no say in it. I think oh, well, I thought you said with their it permission. It seems like fraud. Without no, no, their permission? Without. Oh, no, of course not. No, 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 no. I don't even think you should be able to do that with somebody's permission. <laughs> I don't like Well, it. I mean, that, that's kind of part of being a public figure in a way. But you're saying... No, I'm talking about advanced AI. Yeah, like you're talking about intentional impersonation as opposed to like, I don't know, making them a cartoon on South Park or something like that. No, I'm talking about using their likeness to create advanced plot lines in, in AI entertainment. Yeah, there's kind of a, a, another application of that has been, say, like the resurrection of Carrie Fisher for Star Wars, that kind of like you're dead, hate. but they but I they made her anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would say like there's got to be a line for. Well, there are two lines that I think of. One is sort of the is the misrepresentation. Like if you are creating something so realistic that it would plausibly pass as the real person with the intent of deceiving people into believing that's the person uh, that's that's a problem i would draw that line of distinction between say like including a public figure in your cartoon or your joke or your whatever that's clearly not the real person you're just you're criticizing you're satirizing you're making fun of whatever you're doing and then the other line i would draw i think commercial purposes have to be considered as well um if you are making a product that is intended to be like some big movie for commercial consumption or something, and you're using someone's likeness in a way that affects the bottom line of that movie, that's a consideration for that person too. Otherwise you're just kind of ripping off them by using their image or using their person to make money for yourself. Those are the two. Yeah, It seems like a civil suit waiting to happen. Yeah, those are the two um, ethical considerations that come to me. But like what I'm trying to avoid is silencing the sort of person who wants to say, like, make a cartoon about Tom Cruise on YouTube. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's you're a public figure. People are allowed to make fun of you. I don't think that that sort of stuff should be um, should be uh, deleted or censored or whatever on behalf of someone's likeness. If it's clearly not intended, it's not trying to deceive you into believing that's the person and it's not really like a person making a bunch of money off of it it's just it's just for kicks well thank you both for your answers uh i'm gonna let the next (laughs) caller get in i hope you both have a blessed day all right well thanks for calling okay orwell's ghost is up next orwell are you there Hello? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. What's on your mind? Oh, no. How are you guys doing? We are well. How are you? What do you got for us? Excellent. Uh, I don't really I don't really have much tonight. I didn't think I was going to get uh, think I was going to get This is how it always goes. Out. You're like, I don't think yeah, I, I have much, but let me go let me hop into this really deep philosophical or faith-based topic. Yeah, well, my wife and I were watching Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was going to ask yeah. you guys about what literature you're reading, but then I realized there was something that was pressing. Uh, well, that's good because I, I don't read literature. That. That's fine. I was <laughs> uh, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this the other day. I I've been jumping into some or listening into some interesting Twitter spaces, and there is this what I've noticed in this Groyper movement. I'm just curious as to what your thoughts on this are. Um, there are individuals in this America First and Groyper movement who are 
I they they talk about you know like Nick Fuentes is like their you know their their kind of spokesperson or their their uh, poster child, and they're all Catholic. They all talk about being Catholic, and I'm starting to think that a lot of this shit is them being Catholic as like a tapestry or like a jacket that they wear in their little like America First circle. And I'm just curious if you were blonde had sort of either noticed that or have seen similar things um, in the past when it comes to people proclaiming to be Christian. Yeah, I think that um, Catholicism and it gives you this. uh, It presents as though you're really serious about right wing issues and then Protestants are kind of a joke. So I think that that Christians in general are Gonna not take up taken the Protestant sword one of these days. You're Catholic. You can't claim me just because someone baptized me. Yes, you were baptized <laughs> into the Catholic Church. You belong to us. But the, if I try to go back now, they'd be like, "What have you been doing for the last thirty? No, they wouldn't. Years? They wouldn't. I didn't go anyway. to church no, for like wouldn't. for like ten years. They'd be so I jazzed. I didn't mean to pick a fight. I just meant to. Stick up for the Protestants a little bit. Carry on. I didn't. I'm sorry for interrupting. Well, There's just, a I, tribal element to Catholicism. That's that's true. But I think that like I'm Catholic, but I am have especially recently have not been very serious about the religion. Um, and I think it's easy for people on the right to be like, I'm serious about this. Like, look, I'm Catholic. So yeah, I think you're onto something. Like, does Nick yeah. does go to church every week? I I don't know, but I, I guarantee I, he does not. I think here's the thing. I think he probably does, but maybe, but maybe he doesn't like Joe Biden. Like maybe he doesn't, you know, to keep up appearances. Um, I know Joe Biden's been receiving, um, been. I know he's received communion several times from Father James Martin. So you know, um, you might as well be uh, receive. You know, so as far as I'm concerned, he's receiving bread and you know, bread and grape juice from, from that guy. But, um, uh, it's, it's something that's kind of bothered me in because some guys and I will be sitting in, um, and it's, it's, I've I've met a lot of really very interesting and nice Aussie guys who are, uh, who are Catholic. Um, and we'll be sitting around talking catechesis and talking about, you know, sort of spurging out on like really autistic minutia of, the catechism of the Catholic church or the council of Trent or of like canon law. And they will talk about stuff and they'll say, Nick said, Nick said, Nick said, and I'm so, I'm going to start calling that Groiper Groiper's law. Like the minute, you know, in a, in a Catholic conversation, the moment that Nick Fuentes is mentioned as saying you should do X, Y, or Z is the moment the conversation is over. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's really sort of bothering me too, because I, I'm, I, I and what I would suggest one is seriously like sit back, make like have a have have a really serious like have a real serious uh, period of reflection just on like you know for a good confession and go in and and get one done and like just say fuck it get it done. I I I had one for the first time in like a month on Monday. I didn't think I was gonna go and I decided I was like you know what I'm gonna go do this and I felt so much better. Um, yeah, it like when we get a white priest. I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll okay. Do it. You know, I feel, I, I feel so bad. I feel so bad for that, for there's a Ugandan priest in 
in a, at a church nearby and he's a really really nice guy but it's like man i don't understand what the fuck you're yeah, saying yeah i know dude. that's the problem can, can i ask when uh when this sort of uh when nick is invoked in the way that you're describing do you find those points to be wrong that is to say are you annoyed with the points or are you just annoyed with the invoking of nick that's one well i that that's the biggest part but the second part is this is why i know a lot of it is hero worship and kind of strange hero worship um because it's very uh it's very sort of stock catholic rhetoric like nick says to say your rosary re, you know read the catechism and blah 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 and i'm like so is my priest. What the fuck are yeah. you talking about? Like, what, what, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, so you're saying what, it's like Catholic? it's standard points that have that are treated as though they're like original. Yeah, or something. it's like, yeah, it's like it, it'd be like if you were talking to a soldier and they're like, ah, listen, Nick says clean your rifle. You know, make sure that you get a good force, Nick. You know, make sure that you check the check the check the you know check the chamber. Make sure it's not loaded. You know, and you're, it's like, yeah, okay. So basic weapons handling procedures. What the fuck are you talking so you're, about? You're, and, it's, you're thinking that it's like right idea, wrong reason, I suppose. Like it, it's, it's not. It's, I, I, I think I, I think that these people are, are like adding Catholicism onto sort of their uh, sort of their ribbon stack of like of 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 ways that they are going to fix america like here's here is here's our pedigree like i am i don't know i'm independent i do x y and z um i've noticed a lot of them are like mixed race which i don't really care about you know it's it's that's fine but but then like but then i'm catholic and it's like i don't really ever bring that up i mean i don't really bring that up unless somebody asks um but I mean, the moment that somebody like sort of tries to take liberties with with um, making fun of making fun of Christians or making fun of God or something like that, I did get in this argument a few days ago. They were talking, and because if you blonde, if you don't watch Trent Horn, watch the Council of Trent. He's 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 he does really good apologetics, and it'll make you real. It'll make you get a lot more excited about uh, the Catholic Church. He um, somebody was talking about you know, oh, well, the Catholic Church has you know. Uh, leave it to you to talk about this when there's pedophilia going on in the Catholic Church. It's like there's pedophilia going on in like in in Jewish synagogues. There's pedophilia yeah. going on oh, yeah, in, yeah. In, in in Muslim mosques. Like you know, the Catholic Church just happens to be the only one who like who acknowledges it and tries to actually do something about. It. They're not trying to do something that like there's there's pedophilia going on in, in like the school system. Yeah. What are you talking about? It it happens in every like abuse happens in every bureaucratic structure. It just seems that the Catholic Church is the only one who's willing to apologize for it and to try and fix themselves. Yeah. Like, don't don't waste my time. They're like, oh well, it's happening in G. I was like, yeah. There's there's a really prominent case very recently of it happening in a Jewish synagogue that's been mm. like quiet for like twelve fucking mm. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't so, talk about public schools either. Oh no, no, no. They never will. Um, but but yeah, it's it's just it, it was just something I've been. I've been thinking about lately and um, All right. uh, I'm a little, I'm a little, con- I'm, I don't know. I'm a little concerned that it's bringing people in for the wrong reasons, but if they come in for the wrong reasons, but people like people like me can shake them loose, then yeah. that'll be great. But yeah. There's definitely, yeah, who cares? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. All right, man. But I think I, I think I think I'm going to be joining your chat on uh, Friday, Matt. So um, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the. About oh that yeah, stuff coming that. up in the fall. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a good reminder. Bible study season two, September fifteenth. A uh, month yes. and change away now. So yeah, it'll be a good time. All right, man. Well, uh, go to confession. Ah, fine. Right. Yep. Thanks All for right. calling in. Yeah. You guys take care. Yep. Okay. Oh, clever. Uh, Gabos Shoy. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> What's on your mind? So, uh, audio levels all good? Uh, yeah. yeah. Sounds hey, good. Loud and clear. Hey. All right. So, I called in to talk about uh, morality and how I guess I have a difficulty thinking of morality in a way that doesn't involve some aspect of subjectivity, where, okay. you know, the, the subjective part of morality is basically, you know, what, what framework do you want to operate under, right? Do you want to operate under a Christian moral framework or a Muslim moral framework or something more broad, like maximizing happiness or minimizing suffering? Mm-hmm. Um, the objective part of morality comes from, well, you know, does a particular action meet the standards of morality that you're basing it on? But the, the subjective part seems to be sort of what, you know, what framework you even pick in the first place. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. Uh, this, yeah, that there are frameworks you can follow, but there's a choice in those frameworks. Is that yes. a simple way of saying that? Yeah. Um, to me, when I talk about my favorite topic of objective morality, <laughs> what, oh. what, what I mean is that there is a set of rules uh, in this world that we are obligated to operate according to. And I think that we're kind of in a, in a perpetual quest to find out what those are and to understand them better. But what I mean most fundamentally is there are rules that preexisted us that are natural to this world. It's the rules are not just something that we as humans made up because we think they're, they're really cool or because most of us agree with them or something like that. I take your point that like, it's it's hard for any one human to point at exactly what that is. Here is the clear definition of the framework as it applies to every single issue. It's ex- it's incredibly difficult, and that's why we have so many different doctrines trying to understand it. Um, so, but I just want to be clear that when I use that term, it's not as though here's the list and everyone must accept the list. It's it's accepting the premise that the rules existed before we did, mm-hmm. that they pre-exist us. Yeah. Well, I guess so. I to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. I, I think if if there's no clear way to even say, you know, what those rules would be, mm. the fact of their existence is almost pointless. Or does that mm. is that too I mean, far? The way I think about this too uh, is that it, it's sort of like it's like our understanding of gravity. Gravity is a is a natural force of the world. It exists whether you say it does or not. If you jump off that cliff, you're falling to the ground at a set speed and you're hitting the ground and splattering. That's mm-hmm. how that works. And over time, we've developed a keener understanding of exactly what that force is and all the physics of it and how we can uh, work within it to even defy it in some ways with things like airplanes and, and helicopters and whatever else. But the point is, those rules existed before we did. We've refined our understanding of them. That's the same way I, I view the world's moral framework, that it exists. We're always ex- trying to explore and trying to understand the way that it works. We don't have a perfect understanding of it, but I think we get closer and closer the, the, the more we try. And so yeah. I don't know if that's a perfect response to what you're getting at, but I, I, I look at moral concepts or that moral framework the same way I look at the natural physics of the world. I think it's just something about the world that existed the whole time. We're always trying to discover it or understand it. Yeah. So I think 
in, at least my take on why you can't really um, parallel that with physics is that with physics, there's always a direct hard test you can do in terms of, you know, gravitational force or any other physical force, you know, you can propose, hey, here's how we test this. But with morality, you know, ultimately the judgment is, you know, whatever in the eyes of history or, you know, either in the yeah. eyes of yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I would, I would disagree. I agree that it's not as clean. It's not as, as sharply defined, but I would say there are ways that we can test it. I think that moral behaviors in general produce better outcomes. And I think that's pretty verifiable. That is to say, if you have someone who lives an immoral life or an amoral life without regard to these rules, that's someone who's going to have a, a life of lower quality or they might die early. Um, somebody yeah. who is more in tune with these rules is going to have a more productive, better life. Not always, but more commonly, like on average. So I will certainly grant your point that it's not the same as like, we can calculate terminal velocity as exactly this, but it's yeah. sort of a recognition of these rule these these rules correlate with better outcomes on average and that's that's how we sort of test them and evaluate them and determine what these rules must be all right now i guess from that would it be go would it be going too far to say that what morals really are then are a test of how well a particular act does for either a person or for society is that yeah i i think um there's an interesting there's an interesting thing to tackle in my own argument there, and that is, are morals moral simply because they produce good outcomes, or is there some concept of justice that is behind them? Well, uh, that also produces good outcomes, though. Justice. Like living in, yeah, living yeah. in a just society produces, produces positive outcomes because it's a deterrent, and it gives people confidence in the society in which they live. So, yeah, I think that that's a fine way to characterize morality, right? Um, yeah, I would say that certainly there are there are cases where moral behavior creates disadvantage, certainly, where you are restraining or restricting uh, your impulses to do something that might benefit you in the moment. Like, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I could steal that candy bar and I'm really hungry and I'll probably get away with it. And that would benefit me by curtailing my hunger in the moment. Maybe that's a disadvantage momentarily. But again, like these moral concepts are on average for the whole population of people, but they're also on average over the course of your life. It's like you steal yeah. X amount of candy bars. You might get a lot of candy bars over a few years. Eventually you're <laughs> going to get busted and you're going to face the consequences for that though. <laughs> or I was going to say, you'll end up like blonde thinking it's okay just to shoplift from uh, retail stores. <laughs> only the, target. Only the worthy corporations who had it coming. All and, women are yeah. kleptomaniacs. Fight me. I, I uh, and to your point, you know, target, I wanted, I want to stand up for them, but they really make it hard. It's like, they, you know, it's true. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you thought that yeah. we deserve to be defended. Well, here's your tuckable kids, tranny swimsuit. Mm. Yeah. All right, fine. Steal the makeup. I'm done. All right. Well, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was more or less what I was hoping to find out. So it's it's morality is ultimately based on societal good in a yeah. long term kind of. Way. Yeah. Although I, I'm not even fully satisfied with that. I need to think about it some more because I think like hmm. I think that is the outcome. But is that I think that's the outcome, but I don't think it's the origin. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. The, yeah. the origin is. I mean, that's the faith concept. That's the God. It's concept. God and it's yeah. natural rights. Yeah. Yeah. But the outcome is is clearly relevant. The thing about uh, outcome-based morality is that the outcome has to be definable and inflexible. Like hmm. we can't be, we can't have this amorphous concept 
of, of what is a positive societal outcome is because like the left will take it and be like, well, a positive societal outcome is how good people feel about themselves. Yeah. And that's a disaster. Like that's what we're witnessing now. Yeah. yeah. Or look uh, how many trans kids there are. We've done so yeah. much good for society. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for calling in, man. Did you have any final thoughts before we let you go? Uh, no. Yeah. I think about it. I'll hope to call in later and uh, see sure. what my, my own thoughts on that have evolved. Yeah. Thanks for calling. And thanks for the uh, interesting discussion. It's always my favorite topic. So I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Bye-bye. With a name like that here, I thought it was going to be your favorite topic, circumcision. But instead, we went straight to objective. I know. Um, I'm disappointed. All right. Uh, we got to get back into our chatters and then we'll do our last segment of calls. Let's see. Uh, I think we left off on the Catholic Church. Blonde makes us all regret our vow to celibacy. Wow. Gross. Uh, who's next? <laughs> yeah. Can you keep reading so I can find my place? Uh, Josh Johnson says, Matt, putting aside my differences okay. with you to set to let uh, or putting my differences with you to the side to let the audience know that there's no excuse when it comes to health. I've now lost 170 pounds since May of 2021 and still going. And I have a, a shit metabolism. Uh, if I can do it, anyone can. Well, I'm glad to hear of, uh, of, of a positive work ethic and a positive outcome. Uh, and thanks for tuning in and for supporting the show and, and all the best with your uh, with your weight loss journey. And um you know, I, I, I have, I obviously have not lost that much weight. Congratulations. But I think both of us are people that have, that have shed bad weight in our lives. And, um, it, for all the complexities that people advertise and the idea that you need to take a pill or do this or that, it really is the simple math of, uh, creating a calorie deficit. That's it. However you do that, you can do that through strict dieting. You yep. can do that through working your ass off. You can do it through a combination of both, but losing weight, for the vast majority of people is a simple mathematical equation. That's it. That's true. And uh, yep. good for you for, for, uh, for putting the work in. Raggle, raggle. Today I learned what an upside down pineapple means. If you know, you know, get more duct tape, Matt. I just looked it up. It means that you're, you're a, a swinging couple. Oh, what? I've never heard of this before. Upside down pineapple. Uh, I assume the duct tape is a reference to whatever's going on. I don't, but I think this is on rumble. It's either on restream or rumbles in tonight. I, there's, you know, some technical thing that I can't really do anything about other than try to relaunch the stream with new, um, permissions, new, new codes to make it go to the right places. Uh, I'm sure it could be fixed, but you know, I, the, the problem with trying to do that is I got to shut down the stream for everybody, figure out what's going on and then start it up again. So I will, um, I'll run it on, uh, on, uh, on Sunday or before Sunday to make sure that we're going to work. And if we run into complications on Sunday, I'll certainly get those fixed in real time. Uh, but you know, Wednesday, Wednesday's Wednesday. And so we'll just carry this on duck tape, actual duct tape. Mm -hmm. Amish extremist. I'm looking forward to snow white and the polycule in theaters, March of 2024. I just had to look that up. It means like, uh, groups, uh, romantically involved people within a polyamorous group no is you that what it's called now well they're not yeah. even yeah they're not doing the seven dwarves they're like the seven normal guys <laughs> yeah I don't uh, stupid. Why are no interest no interest in seeing that one tortuga i just realized i've become that old dude sitting in the mall waiting for his wife to browse i'm only 45 how did it come to this I don't know. It's okay. If you're still hitting that, then there's no shame. 
I rarely go to malls, but in fairness, I have seen younger guys doing the same thing, sitting outside of stores, you know, playing on their phone while whatever female is in their lives uh, is is shopping for some nonsense inside and they don't want any part of it. I, I think I think that's more I think that's less attached to age than you think it is. Thank you, man. Come on, Brian. Hi, you beautiful people. Fuck off. Google means forward off Google. What? F word oh. off Google, I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. I was the guy that called in once and flirted with unpregnant blonde super while back. Respectfully, I still think she's sexy. Love you, Matt. Um, men that think that pregnant women are sexy. I don't get it. Because uh, it's like the ultimate infertility. Well, you he know? was saying flirted with unpregnant blonde. He said she. he still thinks I'm sexy. Oh, yeah, still, I guess, yeah, currently. But the flirtation previously was unpregnant, yeah. yeah. I don't have any respect for anybody that doesn't find me physically protest right now. Okay. Rumble and Tippy down. No, Tippy's not down. No, it's fine. Uh, thank you, Brian. Um, yeah, GIAR is saying uh, Tippy is down. But Tippy seems to be working fine. We got lots of Tippy chats in here. So yeah. there might be an issue for you, GIAR, if you're having an issue. um, Maybe I can help you out with that. But it does look like it's working for others. So at least we don't have that particular Tech disaster. Um, metal rules. Thank you so much. And come on, Brian. Sexy as hell minus the crazy racist chat. She says. <sighs> what? I think that adds to my my beauty. I don't know. It's not against the law. Oh, fuck you. Uh, thank you, guys. We'll circle back. All right. We got metal rules, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, metal rules. Appreciate it. All right. We'll come back to your chats uh, at the end of the stream, of course. Thank you, guys. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Okay, uh, 88M. 88M, you're good to go. Hello. Good evening. Hi. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm going to talk about something I notice in our American culture. Okay. Is that the past, I'll say like 30 years, is that when a police officer or a soldier dies in the line of duty, we make a big fuss about it. We, like, we make a good... Oh, we must honor their sacrifice. Are you saying currently or formerly? Uh, I'd say the past 20 years we've been doing this. Okay. And then from my point of view is that then we can have like a five-year-old sleep in their bed and killed by a gang member's bullet out of the blue. And then we go like, oh, that's sad. Then we move on with our lives. Yeah, but that's most commonly black on black. Yes, but I'm saying... Statistically irrelevant. Yes. But my point of view is that you put a lot of high... You put a lot of value into police officers and soldiers' lives. Mm -hmm. That these are jobs that are meant to... You know, death is a part of. Mm -hmm. We put it so high that we like, oh, one has died. That is a tragedy. But then when an American citizen dies because of a criminal or because of a terrorist group overseas, we go, oh, that's sad. Maybe move on. Yeah, I think, um, well, I, I, I think to give as much credit to the average citizen as possible, I think the average citizen would say, yeah, that's terrible. We need to find out who did that and put them in prison. Um, but I think that what you're talking about, I'm going to say is is probably mostly a product of uh, media selection about what counts as a story and what does not. Mm -hmm. And very commonly, a lot of these, um, 
well, not just the sort of shooting of a toddler like you're talking about, but just the shooting of really anybody in the most common way that at least uh, on a per capita basis that shootings happen, which is their favorite. The way they've twisted the talking point is guns are the number one killer of children, by which you mean like 18 to 19 year old gang members in Detroit. That's what you mean when you say that. That's the only way that they cover these things. The stories about the deaths of the people that you're talking about, they're like, you know, if you live in in one of these major market urban centers, it might get a a 30 second mention on the news. But it's not the the focus of national news uh, hardly ever. And so I don't think it's that people I don't think it's that your average citizen doesn't care about it. I just think it's a a deliberate media choice not to make it the focus of, say, like the political conversation. Mm I can agree with that. It's just for me, it's like, or like the soldier points, like you know, back with Black Hawk Down in mm-hmm. Somalia, right? We lost seventeen soldiers, and we're like, oh, we lost seventeen soldiers. Time to go home. Yeah, right? we're not going to stick around. We're not going to go find the people and kill them. We're not going to continue the mission. We're we lost seventeen soldiers. It's over. We're done. Right? For me, it's like the point is that soldiers are meant to be sacrificed for the country right that's what soldiers are primary job is to do is go out and fight the enemies and that does evolve losing soldiers and for me it's like our culture is like oh wait nope we must honor them so much that we don't really want to put soldiers into harm's way and want to sacrifice them for that well better certainly we have an obligation to make sure that the, the when we ask them to make those sacrifices that it's worthy and i think uh We've, I think we've done a, largely a terrible job of that over the last, I don't know, X amount of decades in this country. I agree that in, in inherent to the job is is putting your life on the line, and that's why it's a job that deserves respect. But um, the, it's the politicians who decide when it's worthy to have your life on, a, on the line, and I think they've done a largely terrible job of making that calculation over the last several decades. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think that's... I, I certainly agree with you that like it's not an it's not an either or, you know, like you can you can respect the sacrifice of a police officer or a soldier. And you can also say it's terrible that that toddler was sh- caught in the crossfire in some urban center. Um, So I, I don't really think it's a it's a it's a choice there necessarily. It's just that if you want to steal man, the kind of honoring the fallen soldier thing, it's it's a recognition. Not only are they putting their lives on the line. But they're doing it at the mercy of politicians who are often reckless with that decision and don't treat that decision as seriously as they ought to. Or maybe they do, but I think they have a lot of motives otherwise about what they're trying to achieve that, are, that aren't necessarily the benefit of you know the, the American citizen in general. Yes, but that, but that is the life of a soldier is to be used. Like that's if if you don't want if a soldier wants to live a peaceful life, don't come a soldier. Like, yeah, you will be abused by the government. That's a soldier's life. And my point of view is that I think we have put too much honor in the military yeah. in society because, and and the, for the fight part is for us conservatives, we have because we honor the military and the military serves the federal government. So in return, we. We, uh, oh, there we go. We we then praise the federal government, right? Every year, as the military budget keeps increasing, mm-hmm. why I don't know why. 
merit, we waste billions of dollars. Yeah, I, th- I think that you can support, support the military the and have some questions about that, though. It's not as though you must. You know, like you you can support the average soldier or the average Marine and say, yeah, I think the budget's a little bloated and maybe we cut back on on some of that. Yeah, yeah, it's about that. Hey, I, for me, it's like I praising the soldier. We also praise a fellow government. We praise a bigger government. Like, our know. final fathers didn't want a standing army. I don't I don't really I, I, I would push back on that premise. I don't feel like that my support for, you know, the neighborhood soldier is the same thing as a blank check to the federal government to do whatever they want. It's just a recognition that the military is a legitimate function of the federal government. We have to have guys willing to put their lives on the line when the situation demands it. And it's an appreciation of guys who are willing to make that sacrifice. I I will do that and fully say the federal government mostly sucks. But I also know that a country that has no military at all is very weak and also sucks. You know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm misunderstanding I, I, your position or uh, I don't want you to feel like I'm mischaracterizing you. So no, I, if I'm. Yeah, I I agree with so many points. Is that it's like if we make the military too powerful, then we get corruption and bureaucracy mm-hmm. we're seeing that so i prefer i prefer a weaker military mindset and budget because then we'll keep good people there be good people want to be there there's certainly mm-hmm. a lot of fat to trim and i mean that literally there are a lot of obese people <laughs> yeah. in the military and we gotta get it figured out yeah and so that in return means that for me it's just that because there's a cost to having a giant military there's a cost to the average citizen, but there's even a cost to keeping a VA. Right, we take tax dollars for inflation from civilians, which the soldiers are sacrificing their lives to give a better life for them, mm-hmm. to try to prevent a soldier from dying or helping them recover from the wounds after the war is over. There, there's a price we pay for that with the civilians. Yeah, civilian. well, and and <laughs> yeah. Like any federal institution, yeah, I mean that when, especially one that is is abused for political purposes, I think where it's like, aren't you patriotic? Don't you want to support the mm-hmm. military? That's how it gets bloated to the degree that it is. And you wonder, like, out of every dollar that goes into the defense budget, how much of it is used toward actually producing worthy, uh, you know, soldiers, sailors, and marines and airmen? Uh, not a not it's probably it, I'm sure it's probably not as focused as it should be. You have a massive bureaucracy of pen pushers or you know, button pushers these days, people typing into machines rather than actually prepared to you know, head to the trenches or head to the foxhole if they had to. Um, yeah, but that's because no, I, I think it's because a lot of the just the nature of the politics involved. No one wants to be honest to, to say the sort of things that you're saying, like, yeah, we need capable military but we can also cut the ridiculous waste that exists here. Those we can do both of those things. We can appreciate and get focused in our policy and our budget making. Because I'm going to say something: budget cuts do mean soldiers' lives. That's the truth. It's like if you cut the military budget, that means someday soldiers will die because of that budget cut. Mm-hmm. Depends what you cut, though, doesn't it? Like if you uh, cut the uh, <laughs> if you cut the tranny surgery program, you might be saving lives. Yeah. Actually, yes. But- <laughs> Yeah, but that's you, true. It you can never have a military prepare for war, have war status, and keep that in budget when you're at peace time. Yeah. So 
there is always that you have to build up to that. It, even you know, if America's not at war, you're going to have a smaller military, and then war breaks out. You're going to have to send the soldiers who are in the peacetime army to, to go first. They're not going to be as well equipped as the wartime soldiers will be because then yeah, you I could, increase the budget. I could grant your point, assuming that the, the budget was like focused from the start, you know, like focused and um, appropriately limited as its starting point. But anyway, um, we got to we got to get to some other callers here, but I'll give you a last word if you'd like. Uh, I would say my big thing is that everything comes at cost. So saying having a, a big budget military does come at cost to the citizens in the future and you, this will eventually hurt the military because if the average citizen is not being raised correctly or can't go to do things with their own tax dollars that will hurt the military in the long term because military recruits from the civilian population so i I'm frank, well but have you seen how diverse the military is now and diversity <laughs> is our strength so i think that's the one factor that you're not considering in all of this Yes, but. that's true. Diversity will win this wars because every military that's diverse has won wars. Oh, wait, no, they haven't. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, man. Have a good night. Yeah, bye. Oh, guess who's up next? I'm just going to sit back and be referee. Fight. It's a new Tratus. I want to hear what... <laughs> I'm hoping at least one of you is happy to hear from me. <laughs> I always am. I just no, feel I'm like... I don't want to be unfair to Blonde, but I feel like Blonde has uh, thrown some shade recently. I have. I was driving in my car yesterday thinking about this, and I was I, I was still seething. Like, I was still mad. I was like, I know he's going to call in tomorrow and try to dunk me. I'm not dunking you. I'm not dunking you. I'm not going to dunk you. He already met the right Latina on a Mexican no, beach. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm not looking for him to see those. It was one of the things I want to call in about. Ah. I feel like there's some misconceptions. I use expatriate and uh, pseudonyms in general to like speak from a character's point of view. Hmm. They're not my full-on opinions. I have no intentions of actually moving to Mexico. Pers- like interesting. Permanently. I have no interest in. Well, what like, the fuck? You're like, are you fighting against against no one? He's like a deep I mean, level like devil's advocate. In, I'm mostly yeah, exactly. I'm still wow. manning some arguments. I think oh there's some. Um, I like called my general... mom to talk about you and how pissed <laughs> off I was. This is awesome. Uh, it was, it this was is terrible. No, it's very convincing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I think that there are some movements in like vitalism and Bronze Age pervert and like trying to escape the longhouse and all these things like are legitimate trends that I feel a pull towards. And I am thoroughly a romantic um, in a lot of senses. And like my uh, methodology is to lean forward uh, into those things. Um, and it's so I'm not like trying to completely, you know, distance myself from all of it. I think that the expatriate has some good points, you know. And um, the the vitalist frog from last call, um, you know that one. The one that was particularly, like, I think, particularly set you off about like uh, you really must provide oh, a fulfilling and attractive alternative, tremendous call to adventure. That one, like, that one's the vitalist frog. That's not entirely me. Like, <sighs> I intend to get married in the future. I want to have a family. I think I'll be a decent father. Just, just to be clear, though, this this third person conversation was saying, you know, I made great points, right? I'm understanding this correctly. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Yeah. That sure. guy who's me really argued well. Okay. Just so I'm clear. Yeah. And I know um, this sounds like very uh, convenient. Um, it's so it's masturbatory. This makes me hate you more. <laughs> it's, it's not masturbatory. It's like uh, Matt said himself, I have excellent calls. I think there's a he legitimate yeah, thrust of in, in conservatism and especially in young male, young male conservatives towards Bronze Age pervert, towards escaping the longhouse, towards, you know, marriage is just yet another form of longhouse. 
Um, you know, traditionalism is just some sort of, uh, you know, your only excuse for being alive as a male is to be able to provide a woman with kids. Like, um, all of that stuff is like pretty dismal. Um, and you have to have a romantic reason, romantic inspiration towards like, there's a purpose for you being alive beyond you providing for a, a wife. Um, and like, there has to be these questions. And so like one of the bigger thrusts of the Mexico thing is I do think that like the existential call I had last actual calling, um, is probably closest to where I'm actually at is that, like, there are these, there's a big problem, you know, and, and something's wrong in the state of Denmark and we need to figure out what that is. And part of the way to figure that out is to throw yourself into those scenarios and those mindsets and feel your way through them. And it's, some of it can be really dark and, um, it requires a lot of attention and a lot of time. And if you're going to be in a dark spot for a long period of time, you might not be in the best state to be like, Oh, let's, here's a, you know, $80,000 a year job and, and, a, and, a, and a roof and, uh, hmm. you know, all that shit. So. Just so I understand correctly, when you say like a, a lot of the guys believing that the, the height of life or the purpose of life is just to provide for a woman that paraphrasing what you said. Yeah. You're saying, you know, a lot of guys who view it that way or, like where is that a common a, view? Is that what you're saying? I think that's how most a lot of conservatives talk about traditionalism. Like, okay, all we have to do is get the young men to get married, and then all of a sudden they'll, they will have a life purpose. They'll yeah, be, um, you know, they'll yeah, actually would, justify their existence because until hope, they sorry, get a desk ahead. job and until they get a desk job and you know pump a few out, like they're literally net draws on society, and we have we don't need ah. to listen to them. We just need to get them to fucking. You know, marry oh, okay. our women and, and procreate and well, this, some like, of that's just true. breeding that's, mechanism that's um, true. To, to save the it's, white race. Like, yeah, it's so mechanized on white people when it's breeding like rabbits. We're not, and rabbits, but it's, you know? it's, it's framed in a way that's like, Oh, you know, we as men gain no benefit from such thing or like, we're just, we're serving right. everybody, but not, not serving ourselves. But yeah. Yeah. And, and that, if that's the way that it's perceived, that's really unfortunate because it's like, providing for my wife and and my son and my next son that's that's not like a it, that makes it sound like it's such a chore and it is a responsibility but mm-hmm. it it's 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 a joy it's it's a purpose it's a yeah it's what it it brings um it brings so many different things to my life it brings meaning to my life it's not just like uh oh i do this cuz like the rules say i have to do this but it totally sucks i would hope that i would hope that young men don't feel that way or get Perceive, like perceive the purpose of doing it that way that you're talking about. Yeah. And that's, I had a lot of calls like um, over the last year or two about particularly this like romanticism and like a, a defense for marriage and like inspire me towards getting married, mm-hmm. getting married. I think he did a great job, Matt, this past um, to this, like, you know, the shitty vital frog character um, to be like, no, like marriage is beautiful and it's, and it's, and it's a great thing. And it gives like, it helps me do what I want to do and, and do it with more gusto. And then especially when you're talking about free solo about like, um, he couldn't have made it up there without like that loving, supportive, wifely, wifely, uh, you know, yeah, I wonder. Um, you know, it's a, it's an interesting character. counterfactual there. Would he have done it without her? I don't know. I guess we'll never know, but I kind of like, of course to think he would that, have, I don't know. I think that he she did it in spite of her. I see no <laughs> evidence that he succeeded because of her. I think, I think that he needed, I think that her I think her support was something that got him over the top. But I think that the prospect of like a life with her on the other side of it mattered too. I think that that achieving- he tried to break up with her when uh, he had well, that spinal cord she, that's she compression. That was you know. 
but she's an amateur. Why did he trust yeah. her in that way? Yeah, that was his fault. Yeah. Um, I think there's some aspect. This is also something I want to just touch upon. We won't be able to get really into it, but I think there's also some um, like for these types of characters that feel it an intense draw to do something that's kind of ridiculous and might require a fair bit of, um, you know, self uh, just risk, you know, and like fully devoting yourself to a particular angle that might cause you harm um, for those types of people, especially if they're um, neurodivergent or whatever you would call it, uh, Aspie or uh, intellectual hipster asshole types, right? Um, to be oh, I did specifically mention you asshole. in this review, didn't I? <laughs> did you call him out during the review? Oh you didn't actually did. mention me. You, con- you just I? confirmed it. There you was... didn't mention me, but you had me in mind. So that's. Uh, I know, you, know you did during no, the super I chat wrote or something. To you. No, I wrote to you on Skype about it. Oh, no. I, have, I do not check Skype anymore. Not you. No, no, I think no, I, I wrote think... to Skag on Skype about it. I oh, that's think funny. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't no, but I think that, but people I, who are like yeah. that. Um, that is so funny. In their best interest, if they actually care about the person that they're with, or the prospect of living with them afterwards, yeah, that they're very clear. They're like, "This is how fucking weird I am." You know, this is yeah. what it would actually be like to live with me. Because if you go into a relationship and you're not like very you're like trying to hide all the bad parts of yourself or like not actually experience life vividly or like clearly you end up in a situation where you get married you finally have some sort of point of whatever and the facade just drops and they're like what the hell did i just marry i did not sign up for this um and if you can find someone where you're like this is all my shit and this is how i like am ridiculous sometimes they're still around um like that is you know a way better sense of i can actually trust this thing um that will lead to a lot more security in the decision to get married. So I think it's just a, a good thing to do from a selfless standpoint. And so you're not like constantly worried about like, you know, what if I, what if I go crazy? You know, what if yeah. I'm like not able to keep up a charade? What if she finds I'm, out that, uh, you know, I'm this, I'm this weird LARPing asshole, you know? Well, I'm glad to hear it, man. I, I, I was actually, I was sold. I had no idea you were doing Neither kind of a bit. And so I respect the things that you were saying because you were being thoughtful about them. But at at the same time, believing it to be sincere, I'm thinking, man, that sucks for the same reasons I just described. Like that is a guy who is probably uh, perfectly capable of achieving these things, opting out because I think he thinks that there are all sorts of that that there's there's a cost to doing it or that there's some that it's kind of some means to trick men out of their potential or something. Uh, you yeah. really sold it, and that that tells me that you're, you're thoughtful about the you're thinking about you know the the opposing viewpoint very thoroughly. Or he's so lying to us. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The whole who knows. The whole thing could be bullshit. But um, it, the but, whole thing is not bullshit. Um, <laughs> and I do think there are like I do think there are versions of these characters out in existence. My buddy um, who got divorced and ended up in Mexico is pretty much like I was kind of channeling him through that. Hmm. Um, he's made a lot of good, really good arguments, really strong arguments about that and got me thinking along those lines to be able to talk about any of this. And, um, I do think some of the points that he's making need to be refuted, like the future of the country and whether you should, um, you know, find a way to work things out here. But yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't plan to just fuck off on a beach. Um, if I am fucking off on a beach, it's, it's like finding a lower cost of living so I can, so I can write, um, and address the existential problem, um, which I think is real. And all right. So there's, well, there's, there's aspects of this that are very, very genuine. Um, yeah. So I'm not like totally disavowing any of what I've said. Um, but the you got you got drawn to, to maintain the sense a, that a I, fictional like, character. Yeah. This is great. I don't know if that's that's happened in the history of this. Time will tell if she doesn't hate me next call. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe the uh, 
Maybe the subtweets will stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. All right. Well, thanks for the call, man. And uh, my pleasure. I appreciate it as always. Yep. Have a good night. Cheers to you both. You too. Okay. Oh. Uh, last call tonight is going to Joshy Boy. Joshy Boy, are you there? Yes, I am here. I'm that dangerous face. This is cursing right now. <laughs> this uh, is the second conversation he's got ripped out of. What? What are you talking about? Oh, know. oh, because you guys were okay. I see. You guys were mid conversation yeah. that I pulled you. Okay. Yes. Y'all uh, hear me? Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Well, there's at least two topics that I would like to give you guys a choice on. Uh, whatever I don't talk about, then I'll talk about next time. One is that writer strike that's going on, which is what me and Dangerous Spaces were touching. Don't on. give a rat's ass about those bastards. Yeah, Hope they all <laughs> end up homeless and cold and hungry. And close to death. <laughs> I agree. It's hilarious. And the other is more of a curiosity thing, me being Protestant, as to why Blonde dislikes Protestants. I mean, yes. I, I, I can't say that I hate Catholics, but I don't really like them either. Okay. Um, I, the truth of my dislike of Protestantism, I don't dislike Protestants. My dearest friends are Protestants. And they do have mm-hmm. genuine relationships with God. What I find distasteful is this, like, no human barrier to God for the individual because the Bible is not discernible to a person of average intelligence. Like it's not. And it was written in a time when almost there was like no literacy. And so there was always some person there to help Mm -hmm. explain, to to cliff notes it for you. Um, But the Bible, it's as dense as, as Shakespeare. It's not written for the layman and we need human intermediaries to help us decipher it. And that's how we get closer to God through the literary understanding. And Protestants think that like the, the Bible is, is for everyone that it's like, if you, if you can read and understand the Bible, then you can be close to God without the interference of a priest or another person to help you understand that. But that's not, that's not that, that lends to um, like an incredibly wide breadth of understanding of um of the meaning of the bible and i think that that largely has been detrimental i mean it's detrimental to have somebody tell you what to think but clearly we need people in the church to um to help us get through the bible it's so dense like i i sometimes i'll read the bible i'll read the same thing Mm -hmm. like 10 times and i'm like i have no idea what the fuck this means i have no fucking clue and it's like reading shakespeare like you, you have to go to your professor and be like like help me work through this so that I can actually understand what's being said here. Wherefore okay. doesn't mean where. I, I'll never yeah, get over but that. I, I hear you on that. That's the first time I've ever heard well that kind of explanation when it comes to Protestantism. The way I was taught was that we just basically disliked the power grab that the Catholic Church was having and so we kind of broke away from that. Martin Luther was not the first person to do that. And there's a a long line of people before him, but he made it the most popular and the most famous. Yeah, he was. So, he was also a highly corrupt individual. Although, yeah, he was. I, I don't think that corruption uh, should should totally turn people off to to religion. There's been plenty of that in the Catholic Church. Yeah, any any religion is going still, to be tainted by by human yeah, sin. Yeah. By the end of the day, we're all we're still people, right? Mm-hmm. You're not gonna just like, oh, he he goes to church, so that means. If you're shocked by corruption in church, then I was like, okay, where have you been? Under a rock? There's yeah. nothing new. 
right? It's in every Render church. Pastor. It's in the Orthodox exactly. Church. It's in Judaism. It's in it's in every church. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's everywhere. It's it's human nature. You're gonna wherever you find human nature, you're gonna find corruption. So, for some Christians, whatever they be, to be surprised that there's corruption in the church, it's like you yeah, know shit. Where have you been? Yeah, of course, yeah. There's, there's nothing new. I mean, there are men involved. Yeah. Yeah. So mm, that's that's kind of interesting. I was gonna be a little antagonistic towards you just a bit because you always batmouth Protestants and whatnot. But to be it's mostly fair, in jazz. Do, yeah, mostly in jazz. I kind of do the same with Catholics as well. Yeah, Protestants do that with Catholics a lot too. You guys feel guilty about suck, everything. Fuck you. Well, but shouldn't yeah. you? Shouldn't you guys feel more guilty about stuff? <laughs> One thing about reading the Bible, like you've mentioned, you can read something ten times and not get it. I've been there before. Sometimes when you read something, it's not going to immediately click, right? Yeah. Even if you were to read it multiple times over a period of times, it may not click until one day you may come across an experience where it actually does make sense. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in the book, I, I've, I've had a little bit of a summary for Hosea because I was listening to a sermon. Hosea was to marry a whore, basically, right? And... He was thinking that, oh, I married I married this lady who's a whore. I forgot her name. I think it was Gamora or something like that. But um, marries her. Of course, she remains unfaithful, leaves him eventually. And then a few years later, he uh, God tells Hosea to go here, go to the slave market, and he finds his old wife there being sold off, right? Old, uh, being sold for a lot less because she's old and used and whatever. And so Hosea was like, let me buy her. I want her. And then Gomorrah was like, that's the husband that I betrayed many years ago. And the point of that whole thing, you will think that, okay, well, why would God tell Hosea to marry a whore who's just going to be unfaithful to him and then leave him? Is to, is to kind of bring up the point, your unfaithfulness to me doesn't mean I'm unfaithful to you. So it, it takes time to kind of get something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like for me, um, but I can't remember what I was reading, but years later, it did make sense. So if I were to read, um, let's say, Ecclesiastes five years ago, I would have no clue what it means. It'll be really dense, and I just don't understand it, right? Until I start, until years later, when you start experiencing certain stuff, and then you start connecting those dots, then it'll start making sense. Sometimes when you read something from the Bible, it's not exactly going to click to you immediately. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes either experience, sometimes it takes study, sometimes it takes listening to different medias or mediums to um, kind of help explain that. One of the things I listen to is the Bible Project. They started a new series where they talk about the discussion of dragons in the Bible. Uh, their last one was about the city. So things like that can also help interpret the Bible. Like if there's certain topics like okay what does the bible say about money what does it say about work what does it say about being in a relationship that's bad for you etc etc things like that so i do agree that trying to read the bible on your own is not really going to be super helpful especially if you don't know what to read or how to read it or how to interpret Mm -hmm. it etc i think in, in my own personal experience which is um i don't know somewhere in between because as blonde reminds me i am a baptized catholic but i I'm not practicing and I'm kind of finding my way back. So I don't really know where I fit, but I think philosophically, obviously I do the Bible study for a reason. And that's because I don't think I would, I would do a good job of just sitting down for an hour and reading the text myself and really understanding Mm -hmm. what that means. 
So I've opted to have someone who's better at understanding what that means help lead a discussion yeah. on it that we can participate in. So certainly I, I, I take that original point like, yeah, someone to guide you through that text is pretty helpful and useful. Yeah. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. the Catholic Church does this because I don't I don't have at least adult experience within the Catholic Church. But for me, as long as that person is trying to to guide me to God and he's not establishing a barrier between me and God. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily have a dispute with it. I don't know if that would be a fair way criticism of the Catholic Church. Are they setting up a barrier or are they creating a guide service? I, I don't know. I'd have to have Catholics and Protestant yeah. critics My, tell me what they think. But that would be kind of the way I think about it. Yeah. I want guides. I don't want barriers. Yeah. My my thing towards Catholics mostly just kind of devolves throughout history and everything. I don't know. But kind of like blind, I do poke fun at them in jest. I don't actually... Like I said before, I don't actually hate Catholics. I do find them confusing a bit. Like you have some who believe that praying to the prophets will reach God faster, and that confuses me a bit, I think. Or some who pray to Mary, and it's like, why are you praying to Mary? She can't hear you. Or anything like that. I guess I guess it was just more it's of the It's not whole perfect. Ritual. I'm with you on the Mary thing, but don't tell other yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I just, I thought... Well, part of me actually did believe that you genuinely disliked uh, disliked us Protestants for simply because you were Catholic or anything. So I just kind of wanted to ask out of curiosity. It's mostly unjust. Thanks for the call. And, you know, yeah. she do, she does hate everyone. I mean, come on. I that's really a given. Do. She does hate everyone equally. I don't hate my kid. <laughs> she hates herself as much as she hates everyone else. <laughs> that's true. There's a significant amount of self-loathing that goes into projecting this much. Hatred. And I've heard I've heard unkind words directed at your own daughter, although I think they are in jest. God, she's been terrible lately. <laughs> All right. Last word is that Matt, even though you've been baptized in the Catholic Church, uh, a curse upon them, I will encourage Ooh. you to move towards the way of Protestantism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I would guess that. I mean, I don't I don't have a label for it. Would would what I'm doing with the Bible study currently? I mean, we don't have. It's non-denominational. We try to our our, our Bible study leader incorporates interpretations from all sorts of faith traditions, and we kind of want to allow. Yeah allow the understandings to compete rather than tell people this is the correct way to view this. Um, but is that oh, fact man, alone, does that make it like, am I engaging in Protestant behavior, but be, just because of the nature of it, is that what's going on? It's not Catholic, I guess. No. So it must be, must be Protestant. I don't know. It, it's really not. You're just, you guys are just exploring the Bible. It, the whole schism thing simply can't be solved. You had entire emperors who tried solving that mm. and failed tremendously because, but you guys just it's simply exploring the Bible and traveling yeah. to different avenues is neither Catholic nor Protestant. It's just you trying to reach a better understanding of and God I'm, and who he is. And sincerely speaking, I'm not I'm not taking shots or taking sides in that dispute at all. I don't feel like I understand it well enough to even do that. I just want to figure out the basics of the rules of the road. And um, the first mm-hmm. the first uh, better part of a year doing that was was really productive. And so we're going to do another round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Final word. It. That's the second final word. Hurry up. Get the hell out of here. All right, fine. It doesn't really matter um, for Protestant or Catholics. I wouldn't really take sides. We just, it's just a, a thing we do now. All right. Well, thank you for the call. It is and, what we uh, do now. <laughs> have a good night. All right. Good night. Okay. Uh, appreciate all the callers this evening. And uh, if you would like to call in, but you're having trouble calling in or you can't call in while we're live, 
Of course, you can send us an email question. The way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. That's where we collect them. And we'll read those email questions at the end of the show each week as we will right now. Uh, First question from Sir. Question, are you guys into prepping? I thought the first rule of prep club was you don't talk about your preps. You don't talk about your preps, yeah. Um, But am I... Am I... Would I assign myself the label of prepper? I I guess. I don't know. Probably not. Let me put it this way. I'm not... It's not a daily activity for me where I'm like the guy in the ghillie suit thinking about how I respond to a hostage situation at my house like I see on the show preppers or something like that. But am I thinking long term about strategies for my family's survival if uh, all the conveniences of the world turn off tomorrow? Yeah. Like, should you should you be capable of surviving a month with the with the electricity turned off? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. That's about as far as I go. I don't want to go too far into like if if I think where prepping may get to a fault and real preppers will tell me I'm wrong and they'll probably have some good reasons uh, to cite. But when the activity of prepping consumes your day to day and it's like it you you that's that's what you're doing all the time is is quote unquote prep work like you're not enjoying yeah. the conveniences of life because you're planning for them to be turned off. That's a pretty extreme far end of it, obviously. But I don't want to get close to that. I don't want to be like missing out on, on today's enjoyment because I'm worried about tomorrow's doom, even if tomorrow's doom is kind of realistic, I think. Yeah, I think that prepping, you know, if you're a woman, the best thing you can do is marry a competent man. That's the ultimate prep, right? Um, And then mentally preparing. That's the real thing. The ultimate prep for men is to uh, have kids, too. You're going to need their help. So it starts there. But of course, like, yeah, should you have a a plan for food? Should you have a plan for shelter and, and heat and all of that? Should you have a plan for water, obviously? All of those things. And should you have a plan for defending what you have? Yeah. Those are the, the basic things to cover. And then on top of that, like if if everything was turned off, do you, should you have a plan for uh, what you could barter, what you could trade, how you yeah. could engage in a primitive economy if you had to? Skills. That kind of stuff. Skills, tradables, whatever, you know? Ava okay. Viva, this one uh, is yours. Um, thoughts on contraception. Man needs incentive to keep the moral law, and it is an evil thing to make it easy for him to break that law. For more context, human vitate number 17. Okay, I, geez, um, I have a difficult relationship with, I assume you're not talking about hormonal contraception, which is out, not just for moral reasons, uh, but because it uh, messes with the female body and reduces the ability of, um, of men and women to pair bond appropriately. It causes environmental damage too. So hormonal contraception is out. IUDs, copper IUDs are out because there's a post-fertilization effect. I assume you're talking about condoms and withdrawal. Um, from a moral perspective, like I, I can't get behind this idea that every act of coitus should result in pregnancy because I've seen the damage that a lack of child spacing causes on families and on women. And I think that child spacing is important. Like I, I, I know people that have been pregnant, you know, 16 times 
and have what your friends with the Duggars. No, I know people that have been pregnant 16 times, but they have, you know, like seven or eight children because Catholics get pregnant, right? Like when they're, when their nutrients are, are not, um, you know, just right after, right after they've had a baby and like, that's not good. That's not good for women. If you were supposed to do that, then we wouldn't be miscarrying and Catholics can't convince me that it's more moral to have that child and to have that pregnancy and to lose that pregnancy than it is to prevent that pregnancy from happening um, it, with a contraceptive me- uh, method that doesn't have a post-fertilization effect. Yeah. Like you, there, you know, there's no argument that a Catholic can give me like, oh, this is the way it was meant to be. God doesn't want that. There's no fucking way God wants that. And m- women would not be miscarrying if their bodies were ready to have the pregnancy. So the pregnancy shouldn't exist, right? I think that the the fundamental moral principles here obviously um the 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 natural consequence of sexual activity is the is the potential for pregnancy and so the number one moral principle is that the sexual relationship should remain within the confines of marriage to the extent that pregnancy is always a possibility and if it is if if that possibility is realized that child is owed the best possible life that those parents can provide that's done through marriage so Number one, keep it within the confines of marriage. And I think we're already on the right foot uh, as far as uh, the the moral concerns are. Now, as far as uh, intentionally stopping pregnancy using these contraceptive methods, I mean, I, I I can recognize in the purest sense that the purpose of the sexual relationship is reproduction. That's what it's there for. Any other purpose is secondary. That said... But you're supposed to have sex with your husband when he wants... Yeah, I agree that like... I don't necessarily have a huge problem with them in the within the the marital relationship with the understanding that I think anything and of course, like most forms of of, of air quotes contraception do not involve snuffing out a life that already has formed. And what I mean by that is a the union of sperm and egg, the creation of a, a new unique set of human DNA. Right. Fine. I'm with you. Yeah. As long as you are at that point. There's no more air quotes contraception. Okay, that's you're you're out at that point. A new life has been created. You owe that new life. That new life carries value. That deserves respect. So what we're talking about is natural family planning and condoms. Yeah, but like, do I think that the married couple using condoms or something because they're they are aiming for the sort of spacing that you're talking about? Like, if you wanted to be as purist as possible, is there some moral? Is is there some deviation from the absolute moral purity? Yeah, probably. What? But Why? Because, Why? Because, because sex is sex is a necessity of men, especially in marriages for their sanity. They have to have it, even if it's not going to result. What I'm talking in, about is like child. degree, though, and that's the thing. Is like you <sighs> I you hate under this though. Well, you, you, any sex is capable of producing life as that's long. That's not true. Well, I guess that's any sex of uh, traditional variety. No, if you um, have sex in your period, you will not get pregnant. Well, uh, there, there are in, there are always possibilities. It's it's possible. There are free cases. First day of your period, there's there is there a zero percent chance. I'm just you're saying, it's not going to happen. Mix men and women, babies happen. All right, recognition okay, of that but, principle. But if you're looking at the purest morality, then you should only be having sex when it is when it is possible for you to be getting pregnant. So, like, no period sex. No pre or post ovulation sex. I mean, I would just it's say that on, your seed that in the same way that jerking off is. As a it? matter of principle, it's it's theoretically possible, albeit exceptionally rare, 
Anytime that goes in there, it's theoretically possible. That's the that's the general idea. And so with a recognition that if life is created, you're going to uphold the value of that life. I think you're morally square as long as you do that. Yeah. Fine. I mean, it's, I, I just have no, especially after having a baby, like I could not imagine have, getting pregnant two months after having had a baby. Like what a nightmare that would have been. Uh, you're up. Hugh Joe Wanker. <laughs> what do you think has done more irrevocable damage to the institution of marriage? The alphabet mafia or the average straight couple that minimizes divorce? I got to just go with volume here. And I would say it is the normalization of divorce among straight Me people. Too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and that's not to minimize the alphabet mafia has just made men and women interchangeable. It is redefined the purpose of marriage from bearing children to just like getting your jollies and you know the you love who you love nonsense and that's not to say that love isn't an ingredient of marriage but it's not necessarily the primary purpose of marriage we've sort of redefined that even though i think all of that is hugely damaging i think that men and women deciding to walk away from each other uh in more uh, more commonly than it used to be done and Deciding that that's morally acceptable, much more commonly than it used to be, that's been hugely, hugely damaging. So, yeah, I've got to agree with you. Straight's um, got to clean it up. Sorry, guys, we got to clean up our own house. But uh, gays, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta calm down too. Like, what is he? <laughs> Every, everybody has a role to play here. Straights and gays alike. Okay. Okay. Right. You hear? You hear us? Yeah. Snow Ape Dan, do either of you have a go-to channel for gun uh, and ammo information? Yeah. There's a lot out there, but I'd like to give a special shout out to Banana Ballistics. He's got some great videos on bullet pen- penetration comparisons and other cool gun mm. stuff. I have no, I know. I don't watch any of that. Content. I've been a little off a of gun tube for um, a little while. So, um, but it, when I do tune in or when I have in the past, I, I used to watch it a lot more when I was playing video games because I would just have it on his background material. And now that I'm not playing his uh, video games really at all, I don't consume that material as much as i used to but um channels i i used to love and still love i think uh mr guns and gear does a really good job i think military arms channel does a really good job um if you're into the nerdy aspects of guns uh and sort of history of guns forgotten weapons is a great channel trying to think um i like iraq veteran 8888 it's not always strictly gun stuff sometimes it's more just like politics or talking about aspects of life but I don't know. I just I like I like Eric from that channel. He's got like a, a cool Georgia Southern accent and that just kind of like backwoods redneck vibe. That's just it's just fun. Uh, I don't mean to. I hope he would embrace the title redneck and not view that as an insult. I don't think that he would. But those are probably my favorite gun tubers uh, personally. And I know there are a lot to choose from. But uh, those were the ones that um, that were most commonly playing for me. Mojack says, uh, maybe because I'm taking a new path in life and my journey is dealing with having cancer and my own morality. I'm trying to rekindle my once denounced faith. I have been uh, kind of an asshole through my life and have a lot uh, to ask forgiveness for and have. Uh, The one thing I don't know how to even ask to be forgiven for is this. When I had the opportunity while taking care of the only woman I ever really loved enough to want to marry... I took time off and helped take care of her as I was watching her die or slowly die for her last three months. She had a rare blood and brain virus where her brain was being eaten away. She couldn't even talk, but understood what I was saying. I never once tried to help her to Jesus. 
and save her eternal soul. How can anyone be forgiven for something like that? I knew better in my heart, but I was so pissed at my creator, I pretty much damned her out of uh, all the fucked up shit I have done. This is uh, the the one that troubles me most. Sorry if that's a bit long. Man, I... Well, you're putting yeah. a weight on yourself that yeah. I don't think belongs to you. I don't think it's your responsibility to save her soul. And then what kind of God would would make a, a judgment call on who she is based on whether or not you failed uh, to call her to Jesus. That's not, I, I just, I just cannot believe that that's how a loving God would work. How she lived her life and what she did has nothing to do with your intervention when she's dying. Don't take this the wrong way. The way this was written, I thought you were going to say like you put a pillow over her face at the end yeah. or something like that. I don't mean to diminish or, or I'm not trying to mock but what I am saying is like, man, I think that you are. Yeah, I would agree. I think you're being really, really critical of yourself here. If you're if the thing that bothers you most is that you helped a woman who was dying get through that as peacefully and as supported as possible. Granted, you might have some regrets about not um, focusing on the right things, but your your aim is correct. And uh, yeah, yeah. And so and, and of course, um, I, I hope you don't. I hope you're not overly critical of yourself just for its own sake, but certainly in your own circumstance where, you know, you've got your own stresses to worry about now. Um, I, I would just be uh, thankful that you are finding some moral clarity or finding some purpose. And, and, and I, I think that you're, as long as you're doing that, you're doing well. I, there's, I don't know a lot about the tenets of faith. I'm trying to learn more, but from what I understand, um, Understanding your own faults and asking for forgiveness is is a major part of the bit. And it sounds like you're doing that. Totally. That's the heart of Christianity, right? And um, also know, I learned this in OCD therapy, that the severity of your guilt is not a reflection on on the actual level that you violated a a moral code. Like you, you clearly are carrying disproportionate guilt for this. I would like to believe that she is somewhere and she's very thankful for what you did for her. And yeah, you and made her, you made her last days. She, you reduced suffering in her last days and she wasn't alone when she died. Like that's, that's what God is looking at. He'll understand your anger. Well, thank you. Mojack. And, and he'll all, forgive you. all the best to you, man. Good luck. Nigel Coonchies. <laughs> it was such a serious question, you know, Oh, these question for blonde. Sorry. I've been together with my lovely lady for a few years now, and I plan on marrying her. She's literally perfect in every way except one. She has a hairy butt what? crack. What? I find it extremely unattractive. Sorry, I unattractive. talked over that. A hairy butt crack, just to be uh, yeah. clear. Okay. I find it extremely unattractive. How do I approach such a delicate question with the right amount of finesse to not get slapped in the face? Love the show. Best in Canada. You say nothing, and you count your blessings that you found a, a woman that is perfect in every way except for having a, a butthole you know, trail. What is it called? What How hairy saying? must this butt crack be for it? Maybe what? he's too critical, dude. Dude, just um, get over it. Just, just yeah, don't have I... sex doggy style. Don't think about it. <laughs> don't look at it. Ignore it. Never say anything. She will break up with you. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you here. This question was for Blonde, so I'm just, I'm not going She's to... literally perfect in every way, except she has a hairy butt crack. That's a pretty small thing. If there's no other, if there are no other concerns, I think, uh, I think you're just gonna have to deal. I know if that's the smallest issue that you have in a relationship, you have no idea. How Stealth shave, man. You're going to have to, 
do nothing. <laughs> Count your blessings. I just can't. Um, he said, and they're not married yet, right? No, he wants to marry her. He said she's perfect in every way, but she's got a hairy butt. Okay. If you don't agree with, and again, again, I know this question was for blonde and I'm in, I'm imposing here. I'm inserting myself. If this bothers you, as you say, it does. The only way that you can approach this is to put a ring don't on say it first. With honesty. No, do it. put a ring on it first. Get married. Demonstrate your commitment to this woman. Deal with that later in life, if ever, but later you, you don't, if she truly is perfect, you do not risk blowing up this relationship because of a few butt crack hairs. Okay. If you really, really care about this, what you do is you wait until she's a little drunk. All right. Or she's like sleeping really deeply. You can tell she's rimming. And you buy an IPL laser, an at-home laser. So, yeah, it's stealthy. totally painless. Make sure she has something covering her eyes, and you just you just do it a few times, like over the course of a year, and it'll never grow back. They're never. I was thinking stealth shave, but you're saying it's even even more permanent solution. You can't just be shaving her butt crack every week. That's true. It's uh, the frequency it has is going to get you caught. Permanent solution. Yeah. It's totally painless. We need I a final solution to the up. butt crack hair question. Exactly right. Final okay. Uh, Doodle Bob. Is this one mine? I think so. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I wrote you a few years ago announcing I was gay. And since then, I've been fighting a battle of celibacy and I keep failing. I'm, and now I'm at a point where I'm ready to give up on my faith, uh, on my Christian faith, because I simply have sinned too much and I hate myself for it. The reality is I have. I've taken pounding after pounding by hefty black men. Okay. Uh, Is this real? Okay. He said I'm being vulgar to express the level of my sins. Okay. So maybe slight exaggeration, but okay. Uh, What kind of God can forgive that? I'm completely lost. Any advice uh, or tough words would be deeply appreciated. Thanks. Okay. Uh, God has forgiven a rapist and murderers. I'm pretty sure he can... You know, I'm pretty sure you can forgive one butt pirate. Like, you need to pray for well, it's an not end my concern. to your lust. And I don't know. I mean, ooh, what else? I I have a really ta- a hard time advising this because I this. <laughs> You'll be shocked to learn this is not an experience that I have. I have not, despite what the chat tells you, I have not succumbed to pounding after pounding, nor have I um, given. I've not given pounding after pounding. The fact that you're saying this (laughs) makes me a little concerned that maybe you're lying to all of us. I'm just, I'm saying like, this is a situation, like, what would I do? This is a math um, question, though, because I don't know the power of the male libido. Like, if somebody was like, you never can have sex again, I'd be like. Yeah, I'm just trying to put myself in a like at some level, it's true for every man. That is to say, like there are there are immoral sexual behaviors, even if you're straight Mm -hmm. per our previous conversation. Just going out and banging every slut at the bar is an immoral thing to do, even if your sort of your male urges would promote that sort of thing. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, like, what if now straight men generally like you have a proper outlet for that you have marriage you have uh being a father you have the appropriate harnessing of the male energy for its moral purposes in this case i'm trying to think of a situation where like there was no like there just isn't really a a similar moral 
channeling for that for that uh, <laughs> the, the male uh, the male urge, so to speak. Um, I d- yeah, I don't. I I I guess you j- you have to do what you were doing previously, and if you're serious about wanting to take a a life path that's different, you're just going to have to find a way to commit to that. It's it. If that's what you want to do, it is a question of willpower. And I say that as someone who I don't know that I fully understand what that willpower would be like or what this feels like. But if that is the life that you want to live, you're going to have to figure out a way to achieve that sort of discipline. I wouldn't. Again, I'm not like uh, I'm not religious advisor guy, but I've I've heard enough to understand that if you truly seek forgiveness, uh, you can have it. It, it really yeah. does not matter how many poundings you've taken so long as you decide to do something different. And and God understands your temptation and your struggle. Don't so, give up on Christianity. Don't give up on your faith. It might be the way out of, of, your, that would, of your sin. That, yeah, that would be the only thing I would say. Do not, do not give up uh, on that faith conviction that you have. Uh, I understand this is a difficult situation that frankly is is outside of my understanding but don't abandon the one thing that is going to fine it's completely within my understanding i've I've been there done that i'm just saying the lady doth protest too much we think i'll I'll stop protesting uh (laughs) good luck and godspeed yep um first time question i'm a more i don't believe this i'm a more liberal member of the audience bullshit and one of my best friends is transgender lies she's transitioning into a he lie and I fully support her decision. Lie, lie, lie. She's taking okay. the full op route. We'll get top and bottom surgery. The fun part, she gets to decide what size she gets. My advice was go big or go home. I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts. Should we impose length, girth limitation on the transgender community? Lies. Okay, I know this is bullshit because you cannot decide the length or the girth of your penis in transgender surgery. Is it's that determined true? By, there's no like designer Well, no, because it, 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 it's determined by how large your clitoris gets during hormone therapy. So it's not oh, like you can be like, I want a big dick. Yeah. I thought they just took a bunch of arm skin and made the sausage that way, but they actually sure build it around element. the existing infrastructure. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's news to me. Um, so I know this isn't true. Also, there's nobody there. We have zero audience members that are liberal with a transgender friend. There's none of you out there. It's possible. Um, no, to to even entertain this question would be to give legitimacy to its premise. That is to say, like, to give your friend advice about the size of the genitals to be constructed would be to grant the premise that constructing these genitals is worthy or is legitimate. It's not. The it's only not. piece of advice for this friend is do not do that. Don't do it. It's yeah, going to ruin your you? life. It's going to rob you of your most fundamental purpose as a woman which is motherhood. And mm-hmm. I understand women have all sorts of things they can achieve, purposes they can find. That's true. I Granted, there's all it's kinds so of things you can do, but women have the unique power to be moms. And it's yeah. an amazing thing. Us men can't do it. Not only is it amazing to watch, but I recognize that it brings great joy to women like my wife. I would not want to rob that or minimize that for any woman because that is a tragedy. Don't advise your friend to willingly undergo such tragedy. But this is fake anyway. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Your turn. Uh, a hypnagogic monk says, I continuously hear people compare the fall of the U.S. 
to the Roman Empire, but learning about Israel, it seems the fall of Palestine is nearly as apt. Massive uncontrolled immigration to the point of global acceptance until Palestinian land was ceded to resolve the issue. Am I crazy on this? I don't know a ton about the history. I didn't know like Palestine before Israel was, it was a, there was a bunch of, what was the nature of immigration? Was it legal? Was it just illegal and people just fl- uh, just flooded in there? What was the deal? I'm not sure, but I know that it, it retained its homogeneity, like its racial and ethnic homogeneity. So it hmm. couldn't have been, I don't think that, that people were seeking to immigrate. There. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know about the history of, what happened there to compare it to what's going on now? I would just have to take your word for it, but I wouldn't be able to offer you an intelligent thought about how they would compare. Am I crazy on this? Uh, no. I mean, I wish I knew more about the issue, but from what I have read, um, it seems tragic what's happened to the Palestinian people. I mean, they've lost, they've lost their homeland and I think it's undeserved. They, they're an ancient people. When, when was Israel? When did that become a country? Like 19... 19- post-war, post-World War II. Israel country. 48, something like that. I thought it was 42, but that's too early. It is 48, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, an, an ancient civilization gets displaced. Like, not in the way that American Indians did. They were nomadic. Palestinians were not. Okay. Hmm. Nick. Well. The, the, no, I was going to make an Indian joke, but... Oh, uh, Nick. Nick. <laughs> Nick. Her. Thank you for trying to get us. I uh, appreciate that, Nick. Hmm. I got you. Have you seen any of the Hiller AI the song word. colors covers? They're becoming um, quickly becoming my favorite type of music. Would you be happy or unhappy with Matt and Blonde AI song covers? How is this taking the voice? I've not seen them. I'm imagining so it's Hitler singing songs as that are AI generated. Yeah, I mean, if you want to do one about the show, go ahead. I'll, I'll take a look. That sounds awesome. Can I get like Hitler singing Lil John or something? <laughs> Hitler in the style of. Oh, this is going to be very interesting. Uh, Ashwin says, hello, guys. From the answers to last, week question, last week's question on book burnings, the conclusion I got out of it is that the purpose is around uh, destroying information or ideas. What part of this destruction inc- uh, includes or include? Negative commentaries on these ideas um, or information. For example, an anti-trans commentary. I'm not sure I follow the premise I don't understand. here. Okay. The conclusion I got is the purpose is around destroying information and ideas. Would part of this destruction, that part of the destruction, which is the book burning, yeah. include negative commentary on these ideas? For example, oh, okay. So, yeah, we had a discussion last week about commentary. like... Would book- I burn books about that were anti-trans? Of course not. Yeah. Well, I guess the question is... And again, this is if we go with the premise that was discussed last week. My position was I don't want to be burning mere information, whether it's, you know, quote unquote, good information, bad information. I want ideas to compete and I don't want some central authority or I don't want mob will deciding what information is legitimate and what isn't. That's but I'm going to grant the premise that you're talking about, which is. There are some ideas that are so bad that we ought to have no tolerance for them and they should get the pitchfork and the torches. That's. That's the idea. Now, if that is the position that some pitchforks and torches are worthwhile and good and useful and we should have them, why not pitchfork and torch the things that are critical of that concept so as to erase the idea entirely? Is that what she's asking? I think. Like, I don't know. I think we need a follow-up question, Ashwin. 
I'm trying to like devil's advocate this. Like, let's say that you are a curious youth in this book burning society where all like all trans ideology books are burned. And then there's this other book that says like why they're why they're so bad. And you go and read that and you think like, well, this is some sort of propaganda explanation on behalf of the people who burn the books. They don't they don't want me to read those. They only want me to read this one. So this must be a piece of propaganda or something like that. Like you're still exposed to the idea, but in a, from a different perspective, is that not just as damaging as the, as the book that says like, this is uh this is a legitimate concept or this is a good thing. I don't know. Did I read that one? Uh, I guess we're moving on. I don't know. I'm trying, well, I'm, I'm trying to flesh out the book burning perspective here. We need more information. Okay, how about this? Do you burn the do you burn the book that is trans neutral? It talks about transgenderism, but makes no value judgment. Burn it. Okay, only if it says it's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, burn it. Burn neutral oh, books. It Those has to say it's bad. Okay, it has to say it it's has bad. to say it's bad. Yeah. And then we reprint those books and circulate them and put them uh, in the hands of all children. For one generation. And then we uh, burn those books. You know, the thing is, um, well, no, we've talked about this to death. Like I, I can give that. I'll just say I can give that position some. I can, I can understand it and and consider it to some degree. in so if it's if these are local decisions that, that you can leave, you know, we talked about that last week. Like, all right, town over there hates this book and wants to burn it. Like, should we stop? Should we go in and bust them up for doing that? Or should we no, just say, I don't, mm, I don't know. I want I don't want to live in that town and make your decision accordingly. You know, I, I don't remember who we were talking to about this, but I said reverse propaganda a lot. And I regret that it's woefully because there is no reverse propaganda. That's just truth. Truth with what enthusiasm. Was, yeah. Truth with were, a gun. <laughs> I think it was when we were talking about this 16 year old dating thing. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right, Tim has, Tim has a question for us. I can use his intro again. By what name are you known? There are some who call me... It's your turn. Tim? I'm just letting his intro play. I don't think you can hear it, but... Oh. <laughs> Good day, guys. What do you think about the uh, you can't be what you can't see concept? For example, a little black girl supposedly can't become an astronaut unless she sees a black female astronaut. The problem I have with it is that it makes no sense anytime they're is a person of whatever category to who is the first to do a particular role or job or et cetera, then, then by definition, um, they were ultimately being something, even though they had never seen it as such, the concept seems to be, uh, seems to internally contradict itself. I also find it insulting that, it, that in fiction, black people, gay people, women, trans, et cetera, apparently can't relate to a person that doesn't share the same characteristics to suggest such an idea is to suggest that those groups lack empathy. It suggests they can't see the common humanity in another person, but those are just my thoughts. What are your thoughts on you can't be what you can't see as a concept? Yeah, it's pure propaganda it's nonsense. Propaganda, just it's, yeah. it, it's its sole purpose is to promote affirmative action or to install totally. people into certain roles on the basis of their demographic characteristics. Yeah. And so and if you un- were uh, if you really had ingenuity as a person, then you would want to uh, strive to be the first of your kind. There's that totally in the absence of seeing there's that. And if you are a person of any level of intelligence or talent, you're going to see other people doing things and think, holy shit, didn't realize that was possible. I'm going to mimic that now. Right. Uh, You're not going to say, wait a minute. 
that person who achieved this great thing has a different color skin than me. So yeah. it must have been the skin color that was uh, that determined this outcome or something. No. Uh, no. If you have any ability, you're going to look at what people are achieving and you're going to be able to emulate. That's that. what it is. Yeah. People aren't limited by their uh, by their demographics. They're limited by their own stupidity and incompetence. And like, I'm sick of hearing otherwise by anybody. It's not like, oh, I didn't I, I didn't see a black female astronaut. It's like as a black female, it, it's basically impossible for you to become an astronaut. Oh, it's like, definitely. Do with society. Oh, it's I mean, it's definitely not now. We're going to have nothing but Jumanji Brown Jackson's flying into space. Yeah, very soon. But they're going to be blowing each other. They're going to be blowing themselves up like things are going to go wrong and, terribly. And what does that mean? No comparison here. I don't want to hear this clipped, but we actually have sent chimps to space. <laughs> I said no comparison. Unrelated. Non sequitur. I'm just saying like, we, and we sent dogs to space. It, it doesn't mean anything. Like, it, it, this is not a marker of your intelligence. Uh, thank you for that. Oh my God. The, um, the, in, the inverse is also true, though. There are lots of things that you can see that you can't be. For example, a callback <laughs> yeah. to, uh, to yeah. uh, Free Solo. Uh, I watch demographically similar man to me, Alex Hunold, climb El Capitan without a rope. I can't do that shit, man. No, uh, I can and see it's it. Good that you know that you can't do that. <laughs> I can't yeah. do that. I can see yeah. it, but I can't be. And and you kind of have to recognize that too. Like, as, even apart from your demographics, as an individual, you have certain limitations. And I think everyone should have ambition and should strive for great things, but with a keen understanding of, of what you have a talent for, what the limits of your abilities are. And, and, and just, yeah, I mean, not, not everybody is going to be, not everybody's going to do that level of, of achievement, but you know, compare yourself to yourself and do something that's great for you. And last thing I want to say on this, knowing your deficits as a human being is, is almost as important as knowing your strengths. Yeah. They're both vital. It's vital, yeah, to not die and fall off of El Capitan, <laughs> or uh, to red- or to climb it and not die. It's pretty impressive too. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it takes a very rare guy. No, I'm talking about you oh, dying yeah, on I, El Capitan. I, yeah, I understand. <laughs> I, I'm, that's why I'm not going to try it. Um, a redneck. I agree that morally we shouldn't discriminate or eradicate people for different opinions, even if they're drastically evil ones. I don't like where this is going. Eventually, we'll just have to say to hell with it and start cracking skulls. Okay, all right, I'm there. But I think we can't let the end justify the means or we lose sight of morality altogether. This is just commentary. Um, yeah, right. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, we can't. The reason that we can't kill people that have um, stupid or even world, evil worldviews is that we have to give them an opportunity to change because they largely they've been propagandized. I'm not talking about like pedophiles. There is a face the wall like line that I think we can all agree on. Um, but somebody that has been propagandized by a feminist from when they were a child and believes in transitioning children and is an adult, like we, we can't kill that person. We have to, we have to show them why these attitudes are dangerous. And yeah, if they I think, us, I think like, what is the, there are aspects of morality that are, that are how you treat yourself, of course, like there are better and worse ways to live your life as an individual. Yeah. We talk about crime and things for which we punish, punish each other. That at least to me, by definition means the violation of the rights of another person. And it, it it's very hard for me to grant the premise of a belief that violates the rights of another person. Beliefs can be acted on. Like I can believe that theft is good and then commit theft against you. 
But it's not the belief in the first place that makes me a criminal. It's the act of stealing that does. And so I would apply that. Uh, to pretty- I'm getting some minor attractive person. person well, if, if you want to go down that road, do you does someone merely having the concept in their head? Is that punishable? And I'll give you the example of a it's person. Not, it's too dangerous to do that. Yeah, like a, a, certainly I think there's an argument to be made. Someone who is having those thoughts and wants help. I, I, I don't think you can treat that person criminally. That's a serious issue for that person who's, I think, doing the right thing to get past that. I don't think that we should we should punish them and disincentivize them trying to move past what is a very granted. I mean, I'm calling it a concept because it is it's a thought. But as far as th- thoughts that can lead to dangerous actions, that's probably the, the top of the list and one that you want to get hold of. And so, um. Yeah, I mean, even in that concept, if you're in possession of child porn, if you're touching kids, if you're abusing people, yeah, that's a crime and ought to be punished severely. But if you're the sort of person that's like, I'm having these thoughts, I don't, and I just don't know how you put someone in prison for a thought in their head. Yeah, that doesn't really do that. make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, did I read that one? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Crazy Custodian says, I have found new work and I have given my two weeks notice at my current job working at a middle school. Uh, The new job is cleaning up after adults, but the prospect of changing jobs uh, has a great deal of or has caused a great deal of anxiety. And I don't know what to do with this anxiety. Have you two ever felt this way for a big change in your life? Yeah, actually. um, Well, first of all, congratulations on the job. Um, job. Just a few months ago, man, like I. I talked about like my nocturnal leg cramps returning because we were doing this big house move. And even though everything was going smoothly, it's like I wanted it so bad. And even though it was going the right way and there weren't major complications, the fear of some roadblock derailing the entire thing had me in an anxious state for, you know, six weeks until we actually got in here. Yeah, totally. It's called anticipatory Um, anxiety. Yeah. Super common. And honestly, the only thing that relieves it is going through, um, it's going through the change. Yep. But it always reassured me to know that all changes that happen in life, no matter how drastic, positive, negative, or whatever, ultimately they become mundane, you know, like Mm. it's, you have a huge change in your life and like something awful happens and it sucks or something great happens. And then like you, you just deal with it and then it becomes your new life yeah crazy custodian it sounds to me like you're having the same sort of anxiety that i experienced where the reason you're anxious is because you want something to be realized right if you were having anxiety like oh this this job that i'm going to work sucks i'm going to hate it and it's more of a dread than like a, a nervousness hoping we'd for be something. having a different conversation yeah, yeah I, I think you're going in the right direction and it's just a matter of finding ways to chill out and relax and I know that's easier said than done, but for me, um, as with any sort of stress in life, I think just staying active is a big help. Like get, the, get those endorphins going, just, mm-hmm. you know, whatever your preferred workout is, get a sweat in that kind get of stuff. Sleep. Yeah. Try, yeah. Try to sleep as much as you can and just, you just get through it. And I think that as long as you're committed to, to finishing this process, you're going to be just fine. And then, and then you'll wake up uh, one day and it'll all be behind you and you can you can relax. And that's that's how it was for me, you know, almost two months ago. I was like, all right, can't believe we did it. But here we are. Great. Yeah. Don't have to worry. Oh, about you're it on anymore. the other side. Yep. Yeah. The only way out is through. But stuff is Dan. I have a friend who's in an off spot. He's married with a baby boy and lives with his mom and her boyfriend. 
his mom and her boyfriend. Oh, I hate this already. The mother and boyfriend show the wife open contempt. Hmm. My friend cannot afford to buy a home. Well, join the club, but could definitely rent to get out. Yet he doesn't because it's not economically responsible. I think renting would improve the life of him and his wife and his son, but he's so stubborn. And I fear an intervention on the subject could kill the friendship. I'm sorry for the long one, Hmm. but I really don't know what to do here. Do I just mind my business and hope for the best? No. I mean, people always think that like they can't intervene in friendships. Sometimes intervening in a friendship, even if it ends your friendship, the more important outcome in his life is that he moves out, whether or not your friendship is destroyed. Like he cannot be in a situation where his wife and to a lesser degree, his child are being undermined by his own dysfunctional family. He's going to destroy his marriage. Like it doesn't matter if it's economically irresponsible. He's saving a little bit of money but um, he's destroying his marriage, which is the most precious thing, especially when you have a child. What are you saving so, the money for? Yeah. If, if what's not the, the, the money, advancement right? of your family. So like, even if it's going to destroy your friendship, you need to be like, you have to get out of there. You're going to ruin your life. And, uh, and then let just step back and be like, all right. Yeah. I think if you, if you decide that you want to intervene, which I, I think is, is, perfectly justified um there are two things that i would avoid number one don't do like an intervention thing and i'm not saying or uh sorry an ultimatum thing and i'm not saying that you're gonna that's not a premise here but i just want to make sure we're clear that don't be like bro you got to do this or i'm out just be like hey man i i i'm concerned for your family for reasons x y and z right and And it might also help to mention that that you, you thought about not saying something because you were so concerned it was going to destroy your friendship. Yeah. It will convey the gravity of you bringing this to him. Yeah, and uh, what was the, I had a second thing. Oh, um, have this conversation once. Like you said, be clear, be firm, explain your reasoning. Don't, um, if he doesn't agree to it, don't, don't double down. Don't be like, Hey man, I, I told you this, but you're not de- like you make yourself clear once and then it's on you to evaluate whether you want to participate anymore or not. Right. And, and, uh, and I'll say this in general too, with, um, cause I I've left friendships, you know, I've left friendships that I think were not productive or not for the right reasons. And every time I've done them, um, well, I shouldn't say every time when I feel like I've done them correctly, it's never been an ultimatum situation. It's never been, you're going to do this or I'm leaving. It's like, you go in and say, I'm leaving because of this. Yeah. And, and that's the way that it is. I, I don't like, I never like going in trying to leverage someone in that way because it's like, they are the author of their own life. They're going to make their decision that they're going to make. And you don't have to be a party to that. You're free to leave at any time, but I just don't like this sort of manipulative effort of like, well, you want me around, don't you? you better do this. If you do, it's like, well, if they're not doing the things that keep you around in the first place, just leave and just say, thanks for the fun times, but I'm out and move on. And or you can coast, you can, you can ghost and do the blonde route if you want. And honestly, even if you did that, he'd be like, wow, this person felt so strongly about this, that they like left our friendship. It might make him reevaluate anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Your friendship is not the most important thing here. The most important thing is the, um, and the well-being of his wife and child. I've been on both sides of this where I've left friends because I felt like they were not uh, living productive lives or contribute contributing value to my life. I've also had friends make poor choices like I think your friend might be here where I've made my opinion known to them. They have not decided to go along with that opinion and we're still friends. Actually, you might yeah. find it's like I know it sucks to watch a friend make negative choices 
sometimes that just is the way it is. Like, one of my best friends has, has made all sorts of choices that I think are are wrong and have caused destruction. Destruction might be too strong of a word, but caused negative outcomes in his life. Yeah. However, he's the sort of guy that is not. Um, he's not extremely judgmental himself. He's very personable. He's uh, a, a, gr- a great asset to my life otherwise. And so it's not a situation where I'm like, I'm out, dude. It sucks. I mean, I feel like I've watched him. I've watched him make choices that I think have caused damage. But at the same time, I've made my opinion known. I don't think you should do that. I think you should do this. He chooses otherwise. We're still friends. It's possible to do. I think it's less common, but it's possible to do. He's a very unique type of guy. And. <sighs> Pete. Oh, file. And it's kind of like his brother PDF file. <laughs> Building off last week's questions on criminal penalties for ghosting. Ah, yes. Would you be sympathetic to states passing legislation allowing someone to sue another for standing them up on a date? <laughs> I know you both express straw. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Um, I'm going to treat this sincerely. This is just so stupid. I know you both expressed strong skepticism at damages for emotional distress. But do you think one should be able to recover for time wasted uh, or for travel expenses? Okay, so this is more than just like, hey, I. You want to meet up for coffee? We both live in the same town and you didn't show up. This is like we had an established relationship and I traveled across the country and you didn't show up. The only no. time I'm going to entertain this in any way is if you have a written contract and the kind of terms of the contract were breached. Other than that, man, like I'm, I'm, I, I don't see a way to enforce this because it's like, I mean, what if the person was just late and then you left? I mean, like, I don't know. There's just some of this is just, you can't go so far as to apply legal penalties to every aspect of bad social behavior. Otherwise we're going to have such a, weird bizarre police state uh i just no I, I i'm out unless there's a there's a formal contract that was violated you're just yeah, shaking your no, head just no deal like absolutely not can you imagine where this would go you know if we did this i know this question's probably unjust but you know who would end up paying for this men women would find a way to weaponize this <laughs> yeah they probably so that would. men lose even more in family court. they probably would yeah Juggernaut um, can you destroyer. imagine if you, if you were like paying people that ghosted you, how much how much women would be getting out of men for like accusations of abuse and stuff? No, yeah, I, I, this sets a horrible precedent. Okay, Juggernaut the destroyer. Hello, insert racial slur here. What's the most right wing car? I, th- I mean, it's it's a Charger. We we all have to. Oh wait. yeah, didn't is it is that the one? Is it a Dodge yeah, Charger? That's what Fields drove. James I Fields. Yeah, I was gonna say your generic like you know big pickup truck. But you're thinking of a specific event. It's it has to be like if you're going to go specific, it's got to be the Dodge Charger. Didn't they discontinue it? Are they not made anymore? No, it looks like there's a 2023. Uh, Okay, maybe this is the last year, though, because uh, yeah, the 2023 model will be the last for the current generation of Dodge Challenger and Charger. So I think they're discontinuing production. If I'm reading this correctly. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll agree with your premise. That makes sense to me. Okay. All right. 
Thank you for the email questions, guys. Very much appreciated. Once again, if you'd like to submit an email question for the show, head on over to the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form, and uh, we will take your questions there. All right. Um, I can't. I don't know if I thanked Mr. Nargis and Beth Ann over on DLive. Thank you guys for supporting the show. We are good on Odyssey, and we'll catch up on YouTube and Tippy here. Uh, just a few. Levi Smith says, Holy Spirit can help each individual understand scripture, but we should also study it with other Christians. Scripture needs to be our authority, not the traditions of men, as in the Catholic Church. So, okay, if I pray to the Holy Spirit for illumination of the Bible, I'll get it. Because I have, and that didn't happen. Hmm. Um, I, I would agree with his premise that that's what I'm looking for. Like I'm not looking for the authority of men. I'm looking for the authority of God. Now I'm not saying that the Catholic church is standing in my way to do that as someone who has no experience within the Catholic church. But as far as what I think I would be looking for philosophically. Yeah, it would be that it's not an authority of men standing between me and God. It's some sort of group of a group of people with an established connection to God trying to help me establish that connection myself. And for all I know, maybe that is the Catholic church. I don't, mean to say it's not but i agree with the philosophy of what levi is saying at least arc says in regards to a colleague last week discussing their parents telling them about their aborted sibling what's your opinion on a parent telling their adult child they were actually almost aborted um why? don't why would you don't don't tell them that <laughs> don't you go to confession and then you take that to the grave there's no reason to tell your child about that that's uh, that's pretty messed up i think because yeah, what, what what's supposed to be the takeaway? Like, man, you back in the day, be, I, you should feel lucky that we didn't murder you. Yeah, is it supposed to be yeah. like a great, uh, uh, yeah, some sort of gift? Uh, the thing is, that's supposed to be a given. It's not a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, it is. Like, your life is a gift, but it's not. It's not like a gift from your parents that can be withheld. In that, they would be wrong to withhold it. Life is a gift from God. It's not a gift. If it is a gift from your parents, it's a gift from your parents or through your parents from God, I suppose, would be the way to phrase that. It's not um, like your parents could just decide to give you a cookie or not. And lucky you, you got a cookie. There are moral considerations much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Kester says for the GunTuber email, you can't forget the king of the poors, Hoplop F. Heil. I don't know that guy. So I'll have to look it up. Who's the guy that, uh, what was that video we shared on the show? Like that guy who, uh, who was shooting that 50 cal and it, uh, what happened with the 50 cal? It like blew up on him or something. We showed this crazy viral video of a guy shooting a 50 cal and something crazy happened. What, what dude was Did that? Did it blow off his thumb? No, I don't think he got injured. What was that guy's name? Was it a 3d printing card? My 50 cal exploded by Kentucky ballistics. Mm. That was the one that we watched. Yeah, it was a really crazy video. Anyway, uh, I think we're all set. Let me give a quick refresh here. We'll call it a night. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, looks like we're all good. Um, before we do, uh, we, had, we, we taped an interview for Sunday today that I uh, quite enjoyed. We have um, uh, Sean and Rachel Bonet. The uh, couple who were arrested in Idaho back in 2020 for the uh, high crime of singing church, uh, singing psalms at a church protest. 
uh, outside of city hall. And it was, um, and, and they've just won a settlement with the city, but it was, uh, it was cool to get their side of the story and, um, and hear that. Yeah, they were, everything we saw in video was, was quite literally exactly what happened. Like police harassing them for not wearing a mask, standing too close to people. And then getting busted up and taken to the actual jail um yeah but just an interesting conversation about the moral concepts of all of that moral clarity and a lot of the things the themes that come up on this show so we'll play that on sunday plus whatever happens between now and then news wise by the way another trump (laughs) indictment dropped we didn't even talk about that but i mean that's a given so we'll talk about it then have a good night